Toku Secrets is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Hey everybody, it's Jason Kwan, it's Time Force, and you're watching Toku Secrets Podcast. Welcome to Toku Secrets. Join us as we journey into the marvelous world of Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, Power Rangers, and many other Tokusatsu. Get ready for the adventure of a lifetime. It's Morphin Time! Link to the Morphin. I'm Nathan Desaad, the dazzling adventurer, Spoken Silk. I'm Patrick Allen, I'm Shinken Red. And I'm Rizwan Merton, Gokai Red. And I'm Anthony Davis, also known as Curie Green. And, and we're, we're Token Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Token Secrets Podcast, presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I am your host, Nathan Desaad, Boken Silver. Patrick Guyland, Shinken Red. I'm Redwan Merton, Gokai Red. Anthony Davis, Curie Green. And today we are starting a brand new uh, Super Sentai season. We uh, finished up with uh, G-Ranger, and we're so happy to be done with that. And uh, we are now actually going to be uh, reviewing a uh, what is, in my opinion, a good Sentai. I've, I've, I'm the only one here who has seen this one all the way through. The, these other guys are seeing it uh, for the first time. But uh, this Sentai is Mirai Sentai Time Ranger, which translates as Future Sentai Time Ranger. Uh, we're taking a look at uh, episodes 1 through 10. Uh, well, they're called case files in this case, though. We have another Sentai that is um, names their episodes a different thing. Now, before we get started real quick, uh, there was uh, one guy named uh, Rafael Navarro6425. Uh, he actually left a comment on uh, one of Riz's recent videos. Uh, Riz posted a, a cosplay contest skit for uh, the Anime Houston 2023. Uh, he was asking us for our thoughts on Flashman. So to answer your question, Rafael, uh, I'm the only one who's seen Flashman. Uh, I actually um, I watched it late last year. And to give you an idea of how much I liked it, I blew through the whole series in a week because it was that enjoyable. It was really great. It's it's one of the it's one of the two Showa era Sentai's that I'm uh, that we are going to review at some point here. Uh, so, but I really like it, and uh, hopefully these other guys will like it. But that we'll get to that at some point. But uh, yeah, just wanted to respond to that. Uh, thank you for the um, commentary. So now we're going to jump into. Uh, Time Ranger. Um, a little bit of an introduction. Uh, this was this aired from February fourteenth to uh, two thousand to February third, two thousand one. Its head writer is the goat of Sentai writers. I know that we haven't decided that yet, but I don't care. She's still the goat. Uh, Yasuko Kobayashi. This is actually her second outing as a Sentai head writer. Her previous one was uh, Seiju Sentai Gingaman. Uh, she has also done uh, Samurai Sentai Shinkinger, as we went over, uh, Tokumis Sentai Go Busters, and Reisha Sentai Tokyuger. She was also the head writer of Kamen Rider Ryuki, Kamen Rider Dino, and Kamen Rider O's. And uh, she's also done some non-Toku stuff. Uh, she was the head writer of Attack on Titan up until 2019. And uh, she's also still the head writer of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. So she's got some pretty big-name animes. 
I her. actually didn't know that about that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. She's got this whole podcast is now a JoJo reference. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, struck a pose. <laughs> I didn't know Patrick liked JoJo. We have to talk about. I don't, but I don't, but the aesthetic is entertaining to me. <laughs> he understands the references. That's. <laughs> I'm now sad that you don't like JoJo. Moving on. This was adapted into the uh, fan favorite Power Rangers season, Power Rangers Time Force. A uh, little bit of uh, fun facts about the cast. Uh, Masaru Nagai, who is uh, Time Red's actor, he actually plays, uh, he has a small role in Ryu Soldier. He plays, and I think Anthony can confirm this for me, Master Black, the previous Ryu Soul Black. Uh, yes. And also, he is uh, the obligatory cast member of this Sentai that my wife recognizes. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys, but like almost every Sentai except Jew Ranger and Jetman, my wife has recognized an actor. She recognized Joe and Gokaiger, uh, Takeru and Shinkinger. Uh, she recognized both Mickey and Retsu and Geki Ranger. And now she recognizes this guy. So that's pretty cool. Uh, not that he's a huge actor, but he was in a bunch of dramas that she used to watch. Um, uh, Mika Katsumura, she plays Time Pink. She had a brief role in Kamen Rider Fies at the beginning. And she was also apparently married to the actor uh, who played Kamen Rider Gills in Kamen Rider Agito. Oh! But... They got divorced after two years, and she has custody of their daughter. Um, and no further then, comment. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. And then Masahiro Kuro Kuranuki, uh, who plays Time Green, he is apparently a friend of uh, Kazuki Shimizu, who plays Don and Gokaiger, Gokai Green. And that's actually one of the reasons why uh, Don's actor real he every uh, Gokai director was asked like which team do you want to transform into the most to do a Gokai change and uh, Don's actor said Time Ranger for that reason so that's pretty cool. Um, Good answer. <laughs> I knew I liked him. <laughs> and uh, this is also uh, kind of a so just to kind of give a hint on like what we're looking at here. Uh, this is considered one of the last Sentai to come out during like a Renaissance period. Cause as you might recall in our, uh, um, history of super Sentai, Choriki Sentai O-Ranger kind of brought the Sentai down to a low point. But, uh, this Sentai, uh, was an instant classic because of its darker tone and like, you know, story about fate and destiny. So, and a lot of people consider it to be the last truly good Sentai since every, Sentai that came before it was too interested in like toy gimmicks or just watered down, which I can kind of understand because I mean, have you seen how many aux auxiliary mechs the next Sentai Gal Ranger has? <laughs> they were definitely more interested in selling toys after that. Um, so, with that said, uh, we're done with all the um, with all the uh, intro. Let's jump in because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This aired the same time as Cougar, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which means that I this watched is Cougar, the first... So that's, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, this is the first Sentai to air alongside a Common Rider season in 
Yeah, because usually what will happen is that a common writer will air like a little bit. It'll be a Sentai first, and then afterwards a common writer show will air, and then halfway well, through. Well, common writer had been ends. off the air since Black RX, which was like an eight. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I can't remember. I can't remember what Sentai was airing <laughs> next to Black RX, but. I, Whatever two Sentai's like, before Jetman was. Okay, that would be uh, Turbo Ranger, I think. Turbo Ranger, because Jetman oh, okay. was 91, yeah. so. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so uh, we got case file number one, uh, the Time Fugitives. So to start off, uh, this is one of those Sentai's that doesn't have uh, a cold open, so we immediately kick off with the theme song. Uh and I just spent quite a bit of time talking. So, uh, anybody want to give their thoughts on the theme song first? One of I like it. It's the catchy. Best themes in Sentai. It's one of the best it's, in Sentai. It's pretty catchy. <clears throat> I like it. I'm not going to go that far to say it's the best, but it's pretty. Well, I mean, good. I think I think it helps that it feels thematic because most things in media te uh, treat time travel <laughs> like this super grandiose event, and they usually have like some kind of like like haunting opera attached to time travel and they turn it into like an opera rock piece and i think it just it's unique that's for sure yes. yeah I, I it's actually one, one of the go ahead huh? anthony i'm sorry i was gonna say is that it's one of the few songs that actually huh? has a, an english uh version of the song too yeah well the english version is actually really good it really is though like Yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Sentai's at that time. I know that both Ginga Man and Go Go Fives theme songs have Mega Ranger. Sure did. Mega yep. Ranger had mm -hmm. one too. Yeah. But I mean, it's funny how Patrick said, like you know, a rock opera type of thing. Because uh, I remember when I was showing some of these theme songs to one of my friends that you know doesn't really watch Sentai uh, much. Uh, she actually said that it sounded like a Queen song. At one point, which I mean, not really that insulting because I mean, Queen is awesome. Queen's but, uh, amazing. I love Queen. For the Time Ranger <laughs> opening, yeah, it shares some similar kind of can, musical design choices. I can see it. It's a bit of a reach, but I see where he's going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, and it's also unique. This is one of only two Sentai theme songs that I remember that doesn't end with like, like you know, like Murai Sentai Time Ranger, mm. like you know, saying the full name. Like yeah. they say Time Ranger at one point, but yeah. So yeah, I would probably honestly, the more I think about it, I probably put this in my top ten. It's definitely I top agree. ten, but I agree. Mm -hmm. I, I can't <clears throat> place it beyond that. I mean, it's a huge step up compared to the previous Sentai theme song, which I, where I literally think that's the worst Sentai theme in history. So, it's I, it's down there, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's better than the official theme song of that Sentai. Parody songs sound better, better than the parody songs I've I've heard using that theme. It sounds better in comparison. <laughs> Now, would I would I call this better than Time Force's theme song? I don't know about that. They're both great theme songs, but that's a huge debate that I don't want to give myself a headache. I I think Time Force wins that battle a little bit. A little bit. Maybe I'd yeah. lean for that too, just because I love that guitar solo and the Time Force theme song. Yeah, so. that's, that's the exactly lyric. The lyrics it. for the Time Force theme song are pretty underappreciated too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
But anyway, so uh, now that we're uh, done talking about the theme song, uh, so the episode opens up, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go into all the details with all these episodes, but in this case, I kind of have to explain it. So uh, we open up in the year 3000. Uh, a new era on Earth is taking place. Humans <laughs> and aliens live together. Uh, you know, people have traveled through space and time. We get introduced to our uh, uh, to a character named Captain Ryuya. He is the captain of the Time Protection Bureau, and uh, you know, which is uh, basically meant to uh, you know protect time because time travel has been outlawed due to a previous incident that almost destroyed the world. And uh, he briefs this uh, new class of cadets that have enlisted in them. And uh, we meet four of the cadets. Uh, we have the um, – and uh, none of these characters have last names. Well, okay, one of them does, but uh, these four don't, uh, at, least as far as I'm con- at least as far as I'm concerned, because none of the Sentai sources give them last names. But uh, we have this tough and no-nonsense Yuri. She's a uh, female. We have this suave and confident playboy – former pro fighter Domon, this uh, deadpan reserved ISA, and this uh, curious and innocent childlike alien, Sion. Um, and elsewhere, we have a, uh, we're introduced to our villain. His name is Don Dornero. He is a killer whale-like mutant creature. If you've seen Time Force, you'll know this character as Gluto. So there's no Rancic. Gluto, who was the comic relief villain in Time Force, is... The main villain you know i didn't even know he was a killer whale that's <laughs> i did not know that was the was what emily was i was like that really that yeah that's what they officially say he's supposed to be based off of but i, I don't know like uh, he's a little more like a fraud to me but okay <laughs> some, when i was when i was listening to time for stuff somebody said he looked like a warthog but i don't know about that uh um but anyway, uh, he is a major crime lord, and he's taken to the uh, oh. prison, which is called mm-hmm. the, the Londars. Um, and what happens, uh, if you've seen Time Force, is that, uh, you know, these creatures get frozen, and they get shrunken down to like a minifigure size and locked in the container. But then uh, one of the prison guards is revealed to be uh, Dornira's robotic assistant. His name is Gian. If you've seen Time Force, you'll know this character. He is a uh, Frax, his counterpart. Um, no, 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 Nate, Nate. You cannot say his name like that. You gotta go emphasis, especially how Rancic says it. You gotta say Frax. <laughs> <laughs> the way Rancic says Frax. Okay, sorry. If you, no, you're good. You're if, good. I'm just if you're watching Time Force, then you'll know Guinness. Frax. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta say his name like you caught him stealing your lunch out of the refrigerator at work. That part. Frax! Frax! <laughs> Every time y'all say his name right now, all I can think is that stupid face that Frax makes at one point. When he <laughs> where his eyes pop out. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking right now. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um so so Gian helps uh you know take over the prison and then uh as dornero is escaping of course the time bureau gets alerted 
And uh, Captain Ryuya, or supposedly Captain Ryuya, uh, he recruits uh, the four cadets from before. Uh, Yuri actually volunteers herself, which is actually going to be kind of important when uh, we take a look at a later episode, but that's um, but that's uh, for another time. Uh, she, um, They accompany him. Only five people can travel through time so that they can avoid major issues. So they get new clothes. Um, Seems very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> so they get these new clothes that'll help them blend in with the time and they get beamed into a time ship. It gets it gets navigated by a robotic owl whose name is Taku. If you've watched uh, Time Force, you'll know this cute little guy as Circuit. And I do say cute because he's honestly really adorable. Um and uh they're um they're sent through a time portal, but as they're going through the time portal, uh the really tower is. Yeah, the tower um, with uh, with uh, Dornero and Gian gets in the way, and it causes the two objects to collide, and they get pushed through the time portal together. Um, then the ship arrives in 2000, uh, and Captain Ryuya turns on the cadets, and he holds ISA at gunpoint. And it's actually revealed that he is not Captain Ryuya. He is... Uh, Don Dornero's humanoid assistant. Her name is uh, Leela. If you've seen uh, Time Force, you will know this character as Nadira, Rancic's daughter. Although, although she's a much less spoiled child than Nadira. Not that I hate Nadira, but she's a spoiled child. <laughs> Let's be completely honest. Um, but, uh, she ties them up in the ship and, uh, you know, tries to kill them by blowing it up. But Sion... And, of course, she's not... Ha she's not as much as I love it, especially that laugh. <laughs> Wait. I just didn't understand what you said. What did you say? Oh, I was talking about Nadira. I, I didn't know that sounded... That was lagging a bit when I said that. It was weird. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think you're coming in a little bit late on a lot of these comments. Uh, say something right now, Anthony. Uh, something right now? Okay, okay, he's fine. He's fine, there's no problem. Okay, okay, it was just a weird little hiccup. Sorry about that, guys. All right, sorry, now it's technical difficulties that happens every now and then. Yeah. You can cut that out, right, Riz? I mean, maybe. Okay. I remember. <laughs> Um, so Sion is able to repair Taku since uh, Sion ha is like very tech savvy. Uh, you know, he's good with machines. And uh, Taku frees the four just before the ship explodes. Then this uh, young man who looks and sounds exactly like Captain Ryuya, he arrives at the wreckage. They attack him thinking that he's Ryuya. And he reveals that his name is uh, Tatsuya Asami. Uh, and... Um, you know, they tie him up trying to interrogate him. And then um, while uh, Dornero sends his gang to attack, they have these uh, foot soldiers called uh, Zeniths, uh, Zeniths, which uh, if you if you watch Time Force, you'll know these things as Cyclobots. Um, they get alerted to the attack and Taku leads them to the uh, Chrono Changers they apparently need uh, five people to activate them for the first time. So everyone takes a uh, a chrono changer, and then they give the fifth one reluctantly to Tatsuya, and they transform into the Time Rangers. So uh, Yuri becomes Time Pink, uh, Tatsuya Time Red, 
ISA time blue, Domon time yellow, and Sion time green. And uh, since this is the first time that we're seeing all these guys' suits, uh, I think now is an appropriate time just to briefly pause. Uh, anybody can go first. Uh, what do we think of the uh, Time Ranger suits? Like, what are your all opinions on them? I mean, they're the same thing I have in the Time Force suits. They're yeah, I like them. I have no complaints about the suits, to be honest. <clears throat> I don't know, but they're probably some of the most like 50-50 uniforms for me. Like, because sometimes they look really good, sometimes they bother me. I think it might be because sometimes I think the helmets are a little bit over designed. Like, they're both overly designed and simply designed at the same time, and it bothers me. Some, but the simplicity is what I like the most, though. I like the suits, honestly. Maybe if maybe if like the black on the forehead wrapped around the hail, the helmet or something, it probably could look a little bit better, but the fact that it cuts off halfway around looks a bit goofy to me sometimes, but they're fine. I, I mean, like I'm not going to colored visors, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't a set of suits that I would, like, complain about. I reserve that for other Sentai and Ranger series. Um, I, so here's the thing and kind of a spoiler for, uh, the sixth ranger suit. I think the sixth ranger suit time fire kind of fit, kind of alienates this problem. But in the case of the main five, like I kind of am a little bothered how you have the white area on the chest, but then you have black area on the helmet. Like that just yeah. seems like a weird balance yeah it does feel like time fire slash quantum rangers outfit is a little bit more thematically you know even i guess yeah that, that might actually be the problem i have where it's black on the helmet but white on the chest <laughs> yeah that might be what it is um but and i also don't get okay normally i don't i don't mind this sometimes i don't make a big deal about it but in this case i'm going to since in both Time Force and in Time Ranger, this is a this is a government organization. Yeah. Why do they have to have humanoid lips on the helmet for that aesthetic? That I'm okay in some cases, <clears throat> but in the, like with G Ranger, I mean they're like fantasy based powers. So, but like in Time Ranger's case, this is like these suits were designed by government agencies. So why would they want to have that that aesthetic? True. If they wanted to add the mouthpiece, add the the one kind of like what the Mega Rangers helmet had, where, where it's just like a silver slit, or yeah, like know, with the. Or like what an, SPD has. I have a non-serious yeah, like answer if you want to hear it. <clears throat> What's that? <clears throat> it's so when Time Fire calls the Dragon Sword with his flute, he has lips to blow on the flute with. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but. But yeah, I, I don't hate these suits. I mean, first of all, I grew up watching these suits as a kid. So, of course, yep. I'm going to have mm -hmm. some bias toward them. But yeah, they're not my favorite suits either. I wouldn't put them in my top ten. No, I wouldn't. I would. That's just me, though. That's just me, though. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, they show up on their uh, time. So they arrive in the city on their uh, time flyer. That's what they call the time jet, that shared team jet that they have in Time Force. Uh, they battle the Zenith. Uh, during the um, battle, they use their weapons. So uh, a couple of things. Uh, so 
every Time Ranger has their own double vector. These are twin swords that can either be used uh, separately or double-bladed. Uh, each of the swords have, the shorter blade has like a different blade tip based on the shape on the Ranger's visor. Uh, they have their own uh, giant bowl weapons. Uh, the only Domon and Sion use their weapons, though. The Vol Vulcan and Vol Pulsar. Uh, well, Toxia has the Vol Blaster, Yuri the Vol mm -hmm. Sniper, and ISA the Vol Launcher, but we'll see those later. Um, Yuri goes after Donero personally. Uh, I It's kind of been established <laughs> that she uh, has a has a personal determination to capture him. Uh, but he escapes with Gian and Leela before they can be captured. And the episode ends with Tatsi asking, like, who are all these guys? But they're more concerned about, like, what's going to happen to them now that the time ship has been destroyed. And uh, that was Time Ranger case file uh, number one. Uh, I just spoke quite a bit. So uh, anybody, and I know that Riz and Patrick have some stuff to say about this first episode. So either one of you guys can go ahead and go first. You can go first if you want to, Riz. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so I've been ranting about this to Nathan for a couple of days on and off now. So I'll make oh, this boy. quick and easy. <clears throat> I, I felt like this episode was kind of weak. And there's many reasons for that. And the biggest reason, and that's going to be a common theme for the first 10 episodes we watched, I am heavily spoiled by Time Force and what Time Force did. I feel that. So I had trouble with some of the plot points and the way they happened here. Mm -hmm. The most egregious to me was Tatsuya's introduction to the team. Mm -hmm. I I like the fact that they he just a random guy that walks <clears throat> up to them is like, "Hey guys," and they're like, "You." <laughs> and they go beat him up. I thought it was fun, <laughs> but to go from that with very little interaction of, you know, getting to know him, trust him or anything, they hand him a chronomorpher and say, hey, welcome to the team. You need to help us unlock this because we need five of us. And time force that plot point made a lot more sense mm -hmm. because they directly correlated to you needed the DNA of Wes and his family to unlock the Chronomorphers because the other four couldn't do it. So, and because uh, Alex's DNA was already locked onto the Morpher, so exactly, and Wes was the closest match. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, that little detail, it just made Tatsuya's introduction as Time Red feel a little desperate on the team's behalf, but also unearned because mm -hmm. he had no legacy to own the power. He was just some random <clears throat> Joe on the road and he didn't really deserve it. So I wasn't a big fan of that. And yeah. the other... I'll... You go. Um, the other thing that kind of, it's not a big deal, honestly, when I see the rest of the 10 episodes, but I do kind of wish that Yuri had that same relationship with Alex because that gave a lot of character development, a lot of good story writing, 
for Time Force's early episodes. It gave Zen it yeah. gave Zen a place to be angry from and it it made sense why she's kind of a tough no bullshit badass, you know. But they do kind of explain why you're they give more explanation on Yuri's character in a later episode. So. Well and that's why I said it's not as a big deal because in later episodes we get something else. Yeah, you're right. But I I also still want to point out that yeah. if if I had to pick between the two storylines, I would be going towards Time Force here for that. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of just the benefit how Time Force was willing to do a two-part episode where, like, the first yeah. episode, they don't even morph. Well, okay, Alex morphs in the first episode. But, yeah. uh, but like, so they spend, like, one episode setting everything up so that they can technically take all the footage from this episode and put it in part two. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's one of the advantages that Time Force has. Now, yeah. my last comment before I hand it over to Patrick. I know Nathan and I already talked about this, and I know what Nathan had to say about it, so don't worry. But, dude, I cannot take Don Nero seriously as a main villain. I cannot take him seriously. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, anytime I look at his stupid face, you just remind you of Gudo. Not only that, but he also is just he's not he's not intimidating. Mm-mm. So he looks so goofy. And then I, I guess the it's the fault of the CGI from back then as well. But the CGI and the effects don't really help how he looks. Because, like, he's supposed to give off, like, you know how the mafioso boss is supposed to do this, like, he's fat, you know, kind of like the godfather, yeah. like, you know, can't refuse, well, you know, like, something like that, but... Don't forget <laughs> about it, I know a guy. <laughs> forget about it, I'm gonna whack this yeah. guy, like, you know, something like that, but, like, it don't work for him for some reason, because he just has that weak... He goes off to me, like, what is up with his design? It's just, like... Well... I, I bouncing off of what Riz was talking about, I think one thing that helps is that I mean one thing that kind of makes the villains not work for me, and this this is something that kind of overarcs throughout these ten episodes, is that the situation that the villains helped create is a lot more problematic than the villains themselves. Rancic, when he went back in time, it felt like it could cause a this horrible chain reaction about time because he was so aggressive and so you know easy to snap and cause mass destruction wherever he went but Don Darnero is literally just running around trying to rob banks like he's he's caused so many people so so much concern and problems just to rob a couple of banks a thousand years in the past and it's really? like, that's it? That's all you're <laughs> that's doing? All like, you're just robbing me right now? No, and that's another complaint I had, but I I couldn't bring it all up. If I did, I would just sound like a negative Nancy the entire time. I mean, that's, that's, the only- yeah. that's fine, though. Like, I mean, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, to yeah. all this, I'll just say, try not to think of Dor Nero as the main villain, because look at him more from Gian's standpoint. Oh no, Gian's gonna become the villain later on. I already yeah. know that. It's yeah. obvious from the first episode, but 
dude, I cannot wait for Donnier to die or not be around or something. Yeah. Because, like, let him get yeah. stepped on. Yeah, compare, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to think. Because just like comparing him to Rancic, because what did Rancic do in the first episode? He, he, got, he had this really he had this really intense fight with Alex, broke free from containment, killed a Red Ranger, left through time, and just kind of made his presence known like he was a legitimate threat. Don and honestly, this kind of backtracking a little bit into the episode a little bit. The reason why they went back in time is really it, it doesn't work as well for me because like we said like you were like Riz was saying Jen's motivations for hunting down Rancic was very personal and it was one it was the sole reason that drove them to go back in time but here it was basically Don Dornero kind of like leading like a a, a miss a misdirection almost yeah, I because guess, I guess to make them waste resources by sending their only jet back in time and stranding the people there in the present so they couldn't be followed or something like it just the just even even ignoring the fact that this not being a two parter in comparison to being a one parter, just the amount of stuff we were given in this first episode just didn't make the situation or the reasoning for why characters were here and doing things, it just didn't work as well. Can I add something here, Pat? Go for it. Okay. So this is something I do for anything I begin watching from like episode one. Mm -hmm. And it has a good versus evil type of storyline. Before I even think about the good guys and what they're bringing to the table, you have to think about the threat factor of your mm -hmm. villain because the villain sets the stage for the threat factor. So in the case of Rancic, threat factor stood at a roof. You know, mm. for lack of better words, he's gonna hit the fan. Yeah, he he has a Power Rangers head in his kill rate, in his kill count. That's yeah. that's as that's as good of a first impression as you're gonna get from a villain. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And then you know the threat factor will tell you how screwed are the good guys. And, you know, so if, if, the, if the main villain is Don Arrow and he looks like that and he acts like that, then I'm sitting here saying, okay, the Time Rangers are going to just win every battle, not break yeah. a sweat, <clears throat> and it's no big deal. But with Rancic, well, you goes, never knew when they were going to die. Yeah. That kind of goes back to the thing I was talking about where the situation was more of a threat to them than Dolnera was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, as much as I love this Sentai, the one thing I'll admit is that if, I, if I'm if i just comparing it on villains alone, like, I mean, Time Force's villains <clears> are... <throat> I, okay, maybe I think... Okay, I'm going to wait until you guys have seen more of Gian before I talk any more about Gian versus Frax, but, like... I mean, if I'm talking mm -hmm. about Dornero versus Rancic, I mean, I don't even really have to spoil it for you guys. Like, Rancic just beats this. Beats oh, now, I, 100%. Out of this guy. now I have now I have high expectations for Gian because Frax is also an S-tier villain for Power Rangers yeah. in his own I don't right. know if I would say Gian goes on to be S-tier, but I would put him in A-tier, honestly. Like, he's a, he's, a great, he's a good villain, as it'll turn okay. out to be. But, yeah, it's just like... 
it feels like everything from pacing to the information we got for character motivation, how they established the villain, it just felt like a downgrade in every asset compared yeah. to its Power Rangers counterpart. Which so. I feel like, and weren't you saying, Patrick, like, because the 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 previous first episode of a Sentai that this writer did was a uh, Ginga Man. Didn't you like Ginga Man's first episode, even though it was Ginga Man? Ginga, it's 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 weird because Ginga Man's first episode and Lost Galaxy's first opening two parter are kind of the same thing. But yeah. I don't really think I don't really think Ginga Man's episode <clears throat> needed to be two episodes. I thought it was paced pretty well and set up everything it yeah. needed to pretty cleanly. And, and yeah, I'd say I, even the same with Shinkenger. I thought Shinkenger's first episode was mm -hmm. pretty smooth on yeah. its own right, but man, this one felt like it needed. Even and I, I know that Sentai doesn't do episode. that. Yeah, because I mean, I know that Sentai doesn't do it because it can't because they they're only relegated to that thirty yeah. minute block. Yeah, but just for once, man, this is the season that needed two episodes it, to well, start okay, it off. So I'm not I'm not super worried about needing a two-part opening for the season. I'm just worried about the fact that the writing here is just not cohesive or interesting enough. Yeah, it... it it's, it's one it's, of those things where it feels like they're trying to withhold information for later. At, they are. They are. They are. They are. That's what it is. But, what it is. <laughs> well, then I'll come back to this when we get more of this information and see if it would have been better suited to put it in the first episode. Well, it's not even. It's not even about that, though. It's also. I don't mind if you withhold information in the beginning. That's completely a valid way to do stuff. But my complaint here is the information we're given the characterizations were given, the villain were given, it's kind of a mess. It's yeah. not cohesive. It's kind of disjointed. It doesn't make sense. Um, I don't feel very enthralled with these guys to really, like, care about them. <clears throat> well, well I'll, I'll just... Uh, maybe not I do feel that this first. episode... <laughs> I feel like this episode gets their some of their personalities down. Like, I mean, we get the idea that, like, Yuri is this tough, no-nonsense person. Uh, ISA isn't fleshed out that much. I feel like they show that he has a deadpan sense of humor because he, like, throws this petty jab at Domon at one point. Uh, well, I feel like... I feel like Domon is fleshed out because he's, like, a playboy because he tries to hit on Yuri at one point. And, I mean, Sion is just... I mean, he's this one-eyed curious guy, because, like, literally his first thing is like, oh, my God, you're Domon, the famous pro fighter. Can I get your autograph? Like, <laughs> you can like that. I mean. Well, okay. So going back to the <laughs> going to the characters real quick, Sion and Domon are probably the two better fleshed out here, along with Yuri. Yeah. But I was having a lot of trouble in the first 15, 20 minutes of this episode remembering who was yellow and blue mm -hmm. like there just wasn't anything memorable about either one of them like yellow stood out to me more huh i said yellow stood out to me more than blue at first yeah, but i I'll started admit, leaning more to blue i'll admit right isa way. doesn't stand out in these first two episodes yeah yeah like mm -hmm. isa is kind of there and you can tell that just there's something like lucas was just always there in time force but he's worse <laughs> Yeah, Lucas is way worse. 
I cannot believe I defended that man all those years ago. My perception of okay, him has Nate. changed so much. I feel so bad. Like, so Nate, here's a question I have: Is is Red and Pink going to have the same amount of grandiose kind of like like arcs and moments by the time we're done here? Like Wes and Jen did in Time Force. Is there a will they, won't they with them, or just like? I mean, I feel like they're really like. You don't really get the hints in these first couple of episodes. Like, and keep in mind, it's been like seven years since I watched this all the way. I'm through, more so asking, feel... are they? I mean, more, I'm more so asking, like, are they going to be treated as like the two main characters, like Wes and Jen were in Time yeah, Force? Yeah, pretty much. But, but, they I, are. but, but with that said, the other rank, with the exception of yeah. Xeon, Domon, and ISA are going to get their fair share of okay. this episode. Okay, yeah, but, so it's not so, just going to be just a little see, see, the reason why I'm asking that question is because and it's another tick in favor of Time Force is that they established Jen and Wes their personal lives and a lot of their history and motivation significantly better here because I say I genuinely don't know a dang thing about him after the first episode. <laughs> yeah. But but for, the, for the being one a thing, red who's going to have massive main character arcs throughout the season, they just threw him in this episode and say, "Go punch him in yeah. the face." <laughs> That's all they did for him. So I feel like it didn't do the two core characters justice. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, I. But, and that's my other, that's my complaint as well, Patrick. I agree with you on this hundred percent that. This episode just does not do good by what is going to end up being our main character. Mm-hmm. And yeah. honestly, Time Force just wrote a much tighter story that made sense all the way through. In the first episode, at least. And, and then you also have to, and then we also have to remember that these guys are all strangers. Like they literally just yeah. came together because uh, the captain was like, you, you, you. And you come with me. While in, while in Time Force, those four officers are well. I don't know if they're friends, friends, but they're at least partners, and they've been working. They, they've been working. They're familiar. Yeah. That, that what I'm thinking. They probably worked by were together in the academy, and then maybe offset when they weren't working. Maybe they were like good, good friends afterwards. Yeah, that's my assumption. Because I mean, like. They 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 knew each other pretty well, and they were all like familiar with each other, and just being all buddy buddy. They were all together, so I figured they were friends outside of the job. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, what do we want to? So we can move on to the next one. Uh, I know. Um, I'm I'm probably since I kind of maybe it's because I have some bias <clears throat> for this, but I'm gonna actually bring my score down a little bit. I'm gonna give this a six and a half out of ten. I. Don't think it's terrible, but honestly, this is probably the worst first episode that Yasuko Kobayashi has had for one of her Sentai's, if I'm being completely honest. Out of the and three, so what did you give it, Nate? Out of the three? Uh, six and a half. Six. Yeah. I Go mean, ahead, out Patrick. of the four Sentai's, out of the four Sentai that I've watched the first episode of that she's done, because, yes, I've seen the first, like, 20 episodes of Go Busters, but I stopped for some reason. This is definitely the worst of the four. Yeah, Go Busters' first episode was pretty good. Ginga Man yeah. is good, Shin Kendra's is good. So, yeah, I would probably say a six is pretty fair for this. Yeah, I'll give it a six as well. Uh, Riz, 
Okay, so I know I told you before, Nate, that I was going to give it six. But thinking back at all the things I complained about just now, I'm going to have to bring that lower to like a four or five. Probably a four, honestly. I mean, fair, fair enough. Yeah, this, like, this episode is flawed. I'm not going to lie. This episode, I can't think of a single positive thing that I truly liked in this episode. There are things I didn't like. But there are also things that I'm meh about. Like, yeah. I'm very meh towards the characters on either side, Ranger and villain. Like, nobody's really stuck out to me like, ooh, I'm going to gravitate towards them. Yeah, it makes sense. You, you ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right, so now we have case file number two, The Unseen Future. So, uh, episode begins, uh, so this is kind of just, just, uh, finished setting up, like, the main plot. So, uh, Yuri confiscates Tatsuya's chrono changer because, you know, he's, like, laughing at the idea that they're from the future. But then he actually asks this question, which is kind of, uh, going to be the motivation. He asks them if everything in history is set because he apparently has a... Uh, something set for him and he wants to change his future and we find that out immediately uh, he returns home and if you've seen time force this might seem kind of familiar uh, he returns home to his father wataru uh, by the way uh, his father is played by uh, um, the actor who played uh, the mentor character in kozuko sentai turbo ranger dr desai but i actually like his acting a lot more in this one because hmm. i i am not a fan of turbo ranger um but uh, his father is a rich businessman who wants Tatsuya to take over his company, but Tatsuya doesn't want to. Uh, Tatsuya apparently wants to pursue, uh, you know, his own life outside of his family. Uh, he apparently made a bet with his dad that, like, if I win in this karate tournament, I get to do whatever I want. But if I lose, then I'll go to college for you. And he lost, so he had to go to college. So uh, meanwhile, uh, our villains... They dub themselves the Londars family uh, as um, to go with the name of their Londars prison. And they release, uh, they decide to terrorize the city by releasing prisoners. And they release this uh, bomber named Jekker. He places bombs all over the city and demands money in exchange for not blowing up the buildings. Uh, one of the buildings belongs to Tatsuya's dad. And Tatsuya says, okay if I can save the building and save you the ransom money, then you can no longer dictate what I have to do. And then, then the rest of the episode, uh, Tatsuya encourages the four to fight, even though they're not sure if they'll ever make it back home. She gives him back his chrono changer. They unite, they fight off Jekker. Um, and, uh, in the middle of the fight, uh, Jekker grows. And, uh, it's actually explained how, they grow a lot better than it is in time force and time force is just his mutant dna is exposed and that makes him grow in this version it's shown that like every time a monster was about to be frozen they place this patch on them with which compresses them down so if you remove that it reverses it so instead of shrinking them it makes them grow which that's honestly kind of a more clever way of making the monster uh and fun fact since uh donero had removed his before he got frozen he's he's no he's not gonna be able to do it yeah 
So uh, when the monster grows, uh, Taku contacts the future. A mysterious man activates the time jet system. And that's where the Time Rangers get their mechs. We have the time jets, uh, time jet one, two, three, and four. And uh, they can combine into Time Robo. And it's here that, uh, which is one of the cool things, and I'm going to talk about this later. Uh, time Robo has two modes. We have Time Robo Beta, uh, which is uh, this nimble, faster one. It can wield the Time Flyer as the a blaster called the Flyer Magnum. And then you have the main one, Time Robo Alpha, which is a lot stronger. It uses the space-time sword. And Time Robo Alpha defeats Jekker. They freeze him. The episode ends with Tatsuya um, returning his ransom money to his father. He leaves him a note saying, hey, I win. You can't tell me what to do anymore. And then the Time Rangers move into uh, a place that Tatsuya was uh, going to move into himself as their new home. And that's how the case file ends. So uh, anybody want to give their thoughts on this episode uh, first? You know, I got something to say first. Go ahead. This actually... You know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but this feels like Time Force had adapted this episode, but in a different way. Let me explain. Um, in the episode where those kids got got, got uh, held hostage yeah. by that one mutant, the one with the two heads. A parting of ways. Yeah. It was used, but, well, the thing is that, yes, ransom money was used for both episodes, but for different um episodes altogether where in the beginning it was the it was you know episode two of time ranger and episode and time force which episode was it again uh the, the time force episode where wes leaves his father is at episode six so six so that's roughly four episodes before and i already know that um time force takes place in 2001 which is funny because time ranger takes place in 2000 so it's kind of interesting that they yeah, took it like a year apart. See, the the thing I have to say is, this this feels like because um, character wise, this is the second episode of Time Force's opening. Yep. If they had waited and let ISA transform into Time Ray at the end of this episode, Tatsuya's Tatsuya. Time Ray. Not ISA. You know, ISA. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm still. I'm Tatsuya? still learning characters' names here. Yeah. Tatsuya, it's okay. Yeah. You, you and I'm I still learning characters. I'm still learning character. after name. Yeah. But um, if they waited until the end of this episode for him to turn into Time Red, I would have been fine with it, because mm-hmm. this is when Wes turned into Time Red in Time Force was essentially this episode. Um, so it kind of took a little bit out of the the intro to me, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how it it gave him it, it explored his life a little bit more. I don't know if I particularly like how well it's done in comparison to Wes and his dad because it felt more I don't know petty here than it did in Time Force where it felt like Wes was trying to explain and how am I trying to say this? West feels more mature, I guess is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. And I don't I don't like how he presents himself here as well. It feels like it feels like he doesn't want to work with it because he's too childish versus Wes wanting to do something 
Because the thing I don't like about him so far in comparison to Wes is that Wes has established that he almost wants to be humanitarian. Well, here, he's basically just like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) It just feels too bland, you know? Yeah. So the thing about Wes that I find here is that Wes already kind of knows what he wants to do. And it's not what Mr. Collins wants him to do. Exactly. So he already has a purpose. He already knows mm-hmm. what his plan in life is. Tatsuya has a plan. Mm. He said it. But it just feels more immature, like you said. Like he wants to open a dojo for karate. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. <clears throat> that's fine. But the way he goes about talking about it, it feels like a, like a five-year-old. So I don't know the karate. Wes's reason to join... It feels and like it makes Wes's reason to join the team feel more feel more uh, in line with his character because he wants to do more to help the smaller, you know, the people under him. Like, he wants to help be, like I said, a humanitarian. So him joining right. the Time Force Rangers kind of helps play into that part of his character and his mm-hmm. wants for his own future. But... Here it just feels like that. That's just that just happens to be where he ended up. So and it's weird that Tatsuya seems more immature because if we want to be technical about it, like I think Tatsuya might technically be older than Wes because this episode established is that Tatsuya went to college. Wes didn't go to college yet because at the beginning of the episode that Anthony mentioned, where uh, the where he has to like get the ransom money. Uh, Mr. Collins is saying, oh, yeah, this is a great school. You're going to have a great time there, Wes, which implies that Wes is getting ready to go to college, but he hasn't gone to college yeah. yet. So far we know, Wes could probably not even be legally allowed to drink mm. at that yeah. point. Because right? we know he went to a prep school with a certain someone. Well, we can all say that. It's Eric. Yeah, he went to yeah, he went to prep school with Eric. So it, it's, safe to say, it's safe to say that he probably went there probably his high school years, I want to say. So, yeah. Yeah, probably did like a fancy high school. Yeah, yeah. So what do we? Yeah, I just of, I don't uh, particularly like the dynamic there, but yeah. Did you yeah. want to give any thoughts, Riz? I I liked the idea of Tatsuya and his dad having a relationship. Yeah, and listening to Patrick, and also you know thinking. Thinking about it, not giving a gut reaction feeling to it, I, I feel like I was drawn to the idea of that father-son relationship because my mind is yearning for some semblance of the Time Force plot, which is hilarious <laughs> because normally people are saying, it's nothing like the Sentai, but here I am saying this isn't anywhere near as good as the Ranger adaptation of it was. Um, so I just have trouble with, again, the writing. Yeah, It just doesn't feel as solid. And I know she's a great writer, but it's not signing here at all. Well, I feel like the arc with Wes, Wes, okay, not Wes, damn it, Tatsuya and his father, that arc does actually play a much better, like, will actually get a little bit better, but I can, I can understand that, like, 
Yeah, it does feel petty, which is ironic because, like I just said, Tatsuya is technically older than Wes in mm-hmm. this standpoint. But I see what Patrick is saying, that it does feel like, yeah. you want me to take over your company, but I don't want to, so I'm going to pull this bit yeah. on you so I can humiliate you. Like, Boy, he's like Eric Carver, yeah. he said that. <laughs> that was not intentional, but... <laughs> I'm Tatsuya, and I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of the uh of the time robo though just from a megazord standpoint this this doesn't have to be a positive thing in the episode's direction just what do we think of time robo as like the mech of the time rangers maybe it's just because it's not made up of four individual things that are kind of like t- specifically tailored to each ranger it's not nearly as colorful and just comes off as more bland than most sentai mechs I, in both the alpha and beta forms. So, before watching Time Ranger, I thought I liked the Megazord configuration here a lot. But I think I dislike it a little bit more now. And this is a comment for Time Force and Time Ranger, mind you. Yeah. Because I did watch a little bit of time force to make sure I wasn't hallucinating this, but the aesthetics of the Zord summoning one that takes too damn long. Yeah. And I hate it because yeah. I mean, how many I times think- do we have to see the ancient Egyptians see jets fly over before we get the hint? <laughs> <laughs> well, not even or the moon that. landing. The moon landing. Or or, or like no, the no. fact that that big robot thing that kicks the doors through the portal. It's called a Provitus or a I don't care what it's called. Yeah, I know that. Do they have to? Yeah, do they have to show that every episode? Yeah. It's, it's just grating on my nerves because. <laughs> It takes two minutes that we could have used to build a better story, which Kobayashi right now is not doing a good job of doing anyway. Um, second, the the aesthetics, the <clears throat> graphics, the CGI, whatever word you want to put here to say that it doesn't look good, yeah, that summoning sequence just doesn't look good. It looks... It honestly feels... Like it wasn't done in the early 2000s. It feels more early 90s, late 80s vibe. And it kind of bugs me now looking back. So it's it's very annoying. And then on top of that, um, what was I going to say? Damn it. (laughs) Don't you hate when that happens? I honestly, it'll come back to me at some point. I have some bias towards it since I had the toy as a kid. Like I like how it has two different modes, but I can understand that it looks <clears throat> bland because, like again, like mode red, like the whole thing is red. You can't see any blue, green, yellow, or pink yeah. on the backs. And same with mode blue, except you know it looks all completely blue and all that. Yeah, because uh, like compared, like compared to some of the other mechas, like. Uh, Daijujin or Gingayo or Rescue Robo and stuff like it's really colorful. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Time Robo is just silver and red and silver and blue, and that's it. I mean, I I liked it growing <laughs> up when I'm watching when I'm watching Time Force. It's it's okay, but it's not like I would still buy the toy, but I'm not. But I wouldn't 
necessarily buy it for the individuals. I would just get it just to kind of combine it into the, yeah. the main form already. Now, the killer, I will just say, about I how remember the thing can somehow earlier. jump off the sky. <laughs> that move where it like jumps off the like it makes this trampoline thing in the sky. Like what the heck is that about? <laughs> it's so weird. How does it do what that? Was, what were you saying, Riz? I remember my comment now. My comment was God damn it, Patrick, don't let me forget it again. <laughs> let me get it out. My comment was I watched them both kinda of side by side. PR and Time Ranger. And when you when the music plays in Time Force for this thing that happened, mm-hmm. it feels more upbeat. It feels more urgent. It feels more lively. Mm-hmm. And in Time Ranger, it feels bland. It feels... Yeah. It just feels like, hey, do the thing to bring the Zords here. Cool. Like it, it doesn't really doesn't really carry the same thing. That's literally what my thought was, and I was like, music really helped Time Force a lot. Well, see, the weird thing is that when they lean into that the style of the theme song with like the kind of like so dramatic like opera thing, I think the music for the season is actually really good. It's just mm-hmm. not all of it is like that. So the only other thing I'll say is that I with this Megazord battle, it's kind of cool to be able to watch it in this mode because unfortunately the time force battle was kind of nerfed in the post 9-11. Uh because that this episode this time force episode was edited for like a lot after 9-11. Cause like there's a scene where like uh Jetara takes like a huge chunk of building and like flings it at the Megazord, and then the Megazord has to like hold its shield up to protect it. Well, in the post 9-11th world, you can't do that. So instead they just have Jetara fire lasers at the Megazord and it they edit a shot to make it look like the lasers are just bouncing off the Megazord or uh, something like. I mean, I get it, but it's like, dang, y'all, like, come on now. It, it, I mean, and I have a happens. bias, I have a bias for the po pre 9 11th one because I watched that all the time. But yeah, that that's all. Um what do we want to <laughs> give this one uh what do we want to give this one uh, out of ten guys? I'm gonna five mm. for me honestly. I'm going with a five. six again. I'll give it a six again. Yeah I'll give it a six. Okay so uh we're gonna be able to get through these next couple of ones because uh these next couple of episodes so we got one filler but then we also got a bunch of episodes that kind of established the backstories of the uh, other four Rangers. So uh, this one, the acceleration of dreams is the backstory episode for ISA. So uh, this episode is mostly about Tatsuya trying to learn more about ISA, but he's very distant. A um, couple of notable things. Uh, the beginning of the episode, they decide to turn the Time Rangers' new home into a jobs agency. They call it Tomorrow's Research, with exactly like how they turned the clock tower into an odd job center in Time Force. Uh, Time Rangers, you know, they tend to take their jobs based on their specialties. Like Tatsuya wants to open up his karate dojo. Yuri's a private detective. Uh, Domon is going to teach self-defense. And to the ladies. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And uh, Sion will be a tech repairman. Uh, ISA 
when Tatsuya asks ISA what his specialty is, but he refuses to say. And then later on, ISA reveals that he had a dream of being a pro race car driver, but he quit. And he doesn't tell Tatsuya why he quit. Uh, and there's a couple of other notable things. And this ends up kind of being very important when we get to episode 10, guys. Uh, so first of all, he briefly tells Tatsuya that what Tatsuya said in the previous episode about changing the future really stood out to him. And then there's a point where when they're fighting the Londars, um, ISA tells Tatsuya to run, but he, he's not going to run because it doesn't matter if he dies. Remember that because it's going to be very important in episode 10 for all of you listening. Um, other notable thing is uh, Yuri uses her Volt Sniper for the first time, and then we also see Tatsuya and ISA's Volt Blaster and Volt Launcher because they can combine them to form the... Uh, Voltec Bazooka. That was called the uh, Vortex Blaster in uh, Time Force. Uh, and that about wraps up for this. Uh, what do we all think of this episode, guys? Can I just start off by saying we're calling this an ISA-centric episode, but it feels more Tatsuya-relevant, to me at least. I, I feel like it's more Tatsuya is the point of view character learning about ISA's backstory. But if you want to be, t but the person who gets the more fleshing out in terms of backstory is ISA. But I see what you're saying. Like, we get backstory as a byproduct of Tatsuya being Tatsuya. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true. There's a later episode that's more ISA centric than this. This, I kind of say, is more general, here's more about the cast as a whole, rather than a centric episode. Fair enough. Um, I just want to say, and maybe this is just because I'm biased, because I've seen this before, but I really like this episode just because of like the foreshadowing that it gives with ISA's backstory. Maybe you guys kind of get the hint, since you've seen Case File 10 now. But yeah. I, I just really like how this episode gives very subtle foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This episode wasn't this episode wasn't very good when you watch it on its own, but in hindsight, it it has a little bit more to it. Yeah, so yeah. I'll give it that. Uh, so, Patrick, Anthony, you want to say anything? Um, before we get it's a pretty bland ask, episode. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it, it was it was just bland. But uh, let me ask Riz this. Um, in comparison to Time Force's episode that I adapted this from, which do you think? Do you think that Time Force did this episode better, or do you think that because Time Ranger being this episode being kind of bland, do you think that even though it wasn't as good, it was a little bit better than Time Force's? That, Dude, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember the Time Force episode. The Time Force episode, I can sum it up in a couple in just like two sentences. Lucas gets pulled over for driving Wes's car too fast, and he has to go through driving lessons and hijinks ensue. That's it. Like, it, it's... I gave that Time Force episode a six when I wrote up my document, like, just... Yeah, I can see it, why, yeah. I feel like this episode is better than the Time Force episode. I mean... The Time Force episode sounds funny, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, yeah, didn't they get the bikes? Didn't they get the bikes in that episode? The what? The bikes? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the vector cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in high. Uh, maybe I'm just biased toward it. I'm gonna give this one an eight just because of like what it implies later on. I I understand that by itself, it's not a great episode. I can appreciate that, but just given the implications that it gives for ISA's backstory and my love for ISA as a character, I have to give it a high score. If that makes sense. I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm gonna give it a seven point five because, like, as of like in hindsight, I have watched up to episode ten, so I know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Yeah, I'd say it's a seven, maybe. I might go with a six here, just to mm-hmm. rise out a little bit from where I was before. Yep. All right, so uh, case file four: the hostage is an alien. Uh, this is a simple one that I can just sum up in a couple of sentences. Uh, this is Sion's backstory. Sion uh, gets captured by uh, an- another Londars um, while he's obsessed with trying to be all buddy-buddy with the Time Rangers. Uh, we get his backstory in this episode. He is from the planet Kumard. It is a planet known for great intelligence and technology, but then his planet was destroyed by war in... Uh, in uh, 2984 and he got sent to earth as the sole survivor so kind of like superman if we're being honest and uh Mm -hmm. and then he grew up in a research facility and he never had any family of his own uh don't i the plot of this was never completely adapted in time force i mean i guess maybe the episode where trip makes the electro booster kind of borrows some plot elements from this episode but this is probably one episode that doesn't really have much of a time force equivalent. Well, I, the kidnapping, then the kidnapping one does. Does Trip get kidnapped at some point? I don't no. remember. No, not him getting kidnapped, but there was kidnapping in one of the time force episodes. Is what I meant to say. Okay. My bad. Okay. Yeah. To make them more clear. Uh, what do we think about this episode, guys? I honestly like this a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. Like, it's simple, but it gets across Sion's backstory, Mm -hmm. and it makes me more empathetic towards him. Yeah. Because in the first two episodes, he's kind of endearing. No, sorry, first three episodes. He's kind of endearing, and he's kind of like that quirky little alien kid. But getting his backstory makes you empathize with him a lot more, so I like that. And to be honest, go ahead, Patrick. It's like he's just looking for, you know, people to call his own family. So he's just friendly to everybody, hoping someone will bring him in. So right, yeah, I, 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 I give him a bro fist. I give, <laughs> I give him sure. I give bro fist, bro <laughs> hug, all that. Yeah, and like, it, I, it honestly makes his relationship with Domon a lot better in later episodes because mm-hmm. Domon and him have like a big brother. Little, little brother. brother relationship, kind of like how Katie and Trip had a big yeah. sister little brother. Relationship. Oh yeah, like the the ending of this episode where he Domon suits up and he's like, "Stand by and watch this," and then Sean comes in and helps. You know, it's like <laughs> their dynamic is going to be good as the season goes along. If this is the start of something, it's like when their, like, dyna- their dynamic was so good in this episode. It's like yeah. when you're having trouble beating a beating this one level on a video mm-hmm. game, and then your big brother comes in and be like. Let me have a jab at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it kind of used to be there at all. 
it kind of it kind of sucks because I didn't have a big brother growing up. I, growing up, I'm course I was the oldest one, so I never had a big yeah, brother. So I can't really, yeah. see it, so I can't really be like, yeah. oh, I know but that's why I don't. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, let me just say one thing before I really want to say this before I, we continue further. Yeah, this this criminal was definitely um very creepy in terms of how he kidnapped the children. The music did not help either. Yeah, that was yeah. the whole time I was just like. I need an adult. I need an adult. I am an adult. <laughs> I am an adulty adult. <laughs> we don't want to get this episode. Well, for one other funny thing I want to bring up real quick. There's a point where like a Domon is uh, trying to hand out flyers to like women who uh, who uh, are to, for a self defense class. And uh, Sion, this really made me laugh. Like he said, Domon, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> The thing I like about how Domon goes about walking up to people and saying you need defense class and everything, it almost sounds like that he's the type of people he's warning the ladies about. (laughs) It's so funny where he walks up, it's like you need these special defense, like he's being so aggressive. We can see the women freaking out. It's there's something funny about that. It really (laughs) is. But I honestly feel like this is a much better, like, it's definitively a Sion episode, and Tatsuya doesn't do mm-hmm. much. Like, I, I want to give this a 9, honestly. Like, I feel like they make Sion a really it's, good character. It, it's yeah. an 8, because it, it also helps Domon, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. It shows that he he feels, he, he can he can put aside his tough guy act for a little bit to realize where he messed up. So, yeah. it's no, a I'm good episode. Well. Uh, can we just... And oh, I'm gonna give it eight as well. But can we just say that, like, <laughs> both I was both like kind of annoyed with Domon, like, but also like kind of like impressed with him because he was able to throw this dude, Sion, like over a bill, over like, over a bridge just to catch him at the end. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm tired of you. Just... <laughs> oh, fine, I'll catch you. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next episode, Case File Five, the third formation. Uh, this is Yuri's backstory episode, mm. uh, and very uh, kind of a big one. And uh, the Time Force episode kind of copies this a little bit, but it doesn't reveal as much for Jen's backstory since Jen has already kind of had her person out, her backstory mm. revealed. But uh, the um, so the latest Londar's monster is the one who supposedly killed Yuri's family. Uh, we actually find out about her uh, her um, backstory here. Uh, she, so she had a family. She had her father and her mother and her little sister, whose name was May, and they got killed by the assassin Blast. That's the name of the Londars here. And it is act, but she actually discovered, um, she discovers that Blast was actually hired by Don De Niro to kill her family because her father was an, a private investigator that was investigating him. And it, uh, and because that was why she was always determined to take down Dornero, because she always suspected that Dornero had something to do with the death of her family. And she finds that out in this episode. Uh, she takes back her father's bracelet that Blast took from his body and vows that she'll bring Dornero in. Uh, one notable thing: this is probably the only, uh, we get a hint that Gian might have more of a sinister plot because he is the only one who releases Blast. Dornero and Lila aren't present, and Blast even at one point attacks Leela in this episode. So mm. there's some hints up. Gian is up to something. So 
just take that as a note for like later episodes. And uh, the only other thing, I I don't know why they decided to name this episode the third formation like it's a big deal because it's really not. But it's really not. They they revealed that there's a third formation for Time Robo called Time Robo Gamma, which is just a jet combination. We don't have to talk about. And it's that. like we it's, don't care. It's, <laughs> we do not care. It's, it's just the jet. What was it? The what was that formation from Jetman? The Jet Falcon or yeah, whatever. The Jet, the jet Hawk. Fe- Jet Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Jet, Jet Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. It's just a Jet Phoenix. Just, who cares? Yeah. Except there's no Hawkhead on the front. Right. Yeah, no, so it so it looks worse. <laughs> yeah. The only reason why they even named it the formation was be only because of this one simple thing, y'all. The toy sales go through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it has three forms. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, give us money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should have take my money. <laughs> what do we think of this episode though, guys? I thought it was me? a pretty simple, but a, I thought it was a pretty simple but effective backstory for Yuri. Yeah. It kind of explains why she's been so so tense because she basically grew up orphan. An orphan. Yeah, yeah. So with this baggage over her head, like this kind of like twisted sense of justice motivation growing up so it, it yeah. makes it, it it does makes her character a little bit more understandable and i thought she handled this very well when she got a chance to kill him she was like no i got my evidence to arrest you pal right. <laughs> it, it, it was just even though like in the beginning she really wanted to kill him at first not gonna lie like yeah i honestly think that this works just a tiny bit more than the time force episode simply because in the time force episode so the time force episode has roughly the same plot the only difference is like they kind of try to explain why Jin has it out for this one monster because he like taunts her with alex's death but they try to force it that she has a personal history with this monster like this monster tried to kill me and alex and it's like okay but you were trying to arrest him like yeah. of course gonna find <laughs> like yeah it, it didn't work because jen already had her her established character and motivation and everything yeah so it was kind of redundant to make this a gen centric episode anyway yeah but it wor- it works perfectly here because we don't know oh, yeah. anything about yuri's backstory until this so yeah. this episode just works better than the time not to badmouth the time force episode because it still has a lot of cool moments but i just feel like this works just a little bit better because they try to they try to do way too much to like accommodate the Sentai footage. Yeah, and I think what I like about this is that the reason she's reason why Yuri's able to find out that this was the one that that killed her family was that the dude had I forgot what they're called. They're like spurs, spurs. Yeah. Like yeah. he was spinning them and made a certain noise, like. Yeah, all, that's all she remembered hearing was after they died was that noise, and she's like, "That's the same noise I heard that killed my parents and yeah. my sister. It was you, you know." That, yeah, <laughs> pretty emotional, mo- kind of scary moment. In all honesty, yeah, like, yeah. How she's hiding under her dad's corpse, like yeah, that's and, and then he's like basically you know grave robbing the dude. It's like he's yeah. already dead. He's like, "I'm gonna take your, I'm gonna take a collection." Like, like, dude. Off his dead body? That's just... Mm, that's rough. You're kind of quiet, Riz. What did you think of this episode? I I liked it. I thought it was nice to get more backstory on Yuri to kind of solidify 
who the heck she is and why I care about her. Um, definitely moving her up a little bit here in terms of like what I like about her from the previous time I talked about about her. So, yeah, I'm definitely starting to like that the characters are getting a little bit more fleshed out. We're going to know who they are and what their backstories and what their lives are like. And I like how this does, like, previous episodes kind of showed that she might be really cold and she doesn't really care for her fellow Time Rangers, but this episode shows she does. And honestly, the ending is what makes this, like, yeah, she lost her family, but she's kind of now she's getting another family of her own in the time Rangers. And I know that it's still early, but you know, they're, they're getting to a point where they could be a family. I mean, yeah. she, together, so. she definitely, she definitely loosens up a little bit more after this episode too. Yeah. She has more moments yeah. where she smiles and is more peppy and stuff. So. I guess they realized they couldn't keep her being cold and quiet as the only female on the team. Yeah. Especially with Ayasi around. Mm -hmm. uh what do we want to get i want to give this uh nine out of ten i just just with all the emotions surrounding it i and again i mean i i really hate to bad mouth the time ranger episode because the time force episode because it's a much because it's a good episode but i just feel mm -hmm. this episode works just a little bit more honestly it feels like well, time force should have skipped adapting this episode entirely yeah, yeah I would only for... say some of that because the stuff for the warehouse when Jim was fighting against Rancid was just amazing. I will never oh, yeah. change that yeah. whatsoever. That's like the best scene in the entire episode. Yeah. Uh, what do y'all want to give this? Yeah. Um, I said nine. Uh... I'd say a seven. I'm going with like a 7.58. Mm, I'll give it an A as well. All right. Uh, we get a filler episode this next one. Oh, Lord, um, I remember this. <laughs> called The Fabricated Invitee. It's a Tatsuya-centric episode where uh, the Time Rangers are trying to track down this um, Londar's criminal, and in order to do it, they have to get into this high-class party, so Tatsuya has to use his name to help get them into the party. Uh, the only big thing to know is that Tatsuya runs into his parents. And believe it or not, like unlike in Time Force, where Wes's mother is just, not that this is a huge deal, but like in Time Force, Wes's mother is nowhere to be seen. Here, we actually meet his mother. Uh, we have parents? More than one? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> um, they... Uh, Wataru says, hey, you know, you should come back to our family. But then Tatsuya says no, and he, like, disowns his family name. And we actually get a little bit of fleshing out for his father, that his father said that, like, he wanted, like, hey, you know, I once wanted to do what Tatsuya did, but Tatsuya actually had the balls to do it, unlike me. So that's the only notable thing, uh, other than that, it's just a filler where they're trying to like track down this uh, monster. Uh, what did you guys think of this? I think that even though I've kind of established that I thought that how things with Wes and his dad were handled a little bit better, I don't think there was ever a moment in Time Force that really showed like the impact in the status of his family like this. Yeah, where he shows yeah. up to the party. And he just draws the attention of 
everybody. everybody. And you and then you kind of get a sense as to why he doesn't want anything to do with this because that looked overwhelming. For and having like, like what if he just doesn't want to be that kind of guy, you know? And I, I get it now. Exactly. And it's like, you know, are they only interested in talking to me because, you know, they like me as a person or they like me because of my family name? Yeah, exactly. And now his dilemma kind of makes a little bit more sense. While Wes's was more of, I want to do more humanitarian work. His seems like it's just, he doesn't feel like he's his own person he feels yeah. like he's just an expansion of his father's legacy, and he like a shadow, like a shadow of yeah. over a big, he, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sunlight. He wants yeah. to be. Yeah, he wants to be his own legacy, but he can't do that, given his situation. And this kind of just shows the situation he wants to get out of. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that was the more impactful part of the episode to me. The actual like monster stuff. I didn't really care for her to me too much, but. Though they did explain why they didn't adapt this monster that well in Time Force. They only just, like, used her for, like, you know... I'll call it that footage. Yeah, Yeah, but the stuff involving Tatsu's, like, family and everything, like him standing up to his dad and everything, like, that that was the the good stuff from this episode. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Riz? I'm gonna say that I thought... Like Patrick said, we get more of the family stakes here, and I thought that was really handled well. So part of my concern walking into this episode was, up until this point, I've been getting the foundation to be concerned that this Sentai might turn into a red-centric only kind of thing. Because Tatsuya kind of has some traits of being red-centric, but the impact of his family, like you said, Patrick, that kind of sold it to me more to make it interesting. But the entire Lordar's criminal thing or whatever yeah. they were doing, I didn't really care for that. It brought it down, honestly. Like, yeah, the only part of it's this like I liked was just seeing the family interaction. Yeah, it's like they wanted to focus more on the monster plot, but the family plot was a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is another opportunity where Kobayashi could have done something really awesome here and did a full episode digging into it, getting some real family drama, maybe a mental breakdown, some tears, some blood, you know, standard fair like, character development. I feel like we'll get I feel like we'll get that later. But I hope so because yeah. Yeah, it's there. Like, I mean, I feel like Tatsi. I mean, again, even though it seems more petty, like Tatsuya's relationship with his dad is still handled. Maybe not necessarily as good as Wes and Mister Collins, but still pretty decently. Like, I mean, it's handled well enough to make me like it. But yeah, yeah. The the monster of the week in this brought it down so much because I couldn't. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I wanted to skip some of the monster fight scenes in here and some of the monster interactions. I didn't do mm-hmm. it, but I really wanted to skip around. <laughs> like when I originally wrote up like my notes, like I probably considered this the weakest episode, but what Patrick said makes me bring it up a little bit more, but I would still consider it the weakest of this batch just because the monster plot does yeah. bother me down a little bit. 
what are I, you thinking? I mean, it's, it, it, the only way I think I'll say about the monster plot is that, like, this is it's one of the first times where, like, the monster of the week did not want to be giant. And I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. Like, you know, yeah, I thought that was funny. I was like, oh, if we freeze you, you can go back to your normal size. Okay, but that looks like, like it hurts. Well, then I'll, I'll just, I'll just we'll, prick you a little. We'll do bit. it gently. Like, we'll do, do, we'll do it gently. <laughs> we'll do it. I gently. love how he was even motioning with the time sword. I'll just, he was this little tiny like pet swipe or something. <laughs> 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 that, was a, that was just a funny visual gag, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I was wish I'd give this a seven point five. Maybe I'll give it an eight just because of the. Tatsuya family stuff. I I think that's good enough to give it an eight in my yeah. book. Yeah, because the because we aren't necessarily saying that Tatsuya is like a bad character per se, but like if you give we give us stuff like this, we can actually appreciate him. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of something I wish they did more with Wes, but they never I know. got around to this. Because it really does make it feel like the Tatsuya's family has is like bigger than Wes's was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I would I would maybe give this a yeah I would say an eight too just because the stuff I did like about it I really liked. Uh, Riz, I'm so conflicted between a seven and an eight. <laughs> I know, right? Just give it a seven and a half because the monster stuff drags this down in my book on its own to like a four or five, but yeah, the family relation stuff brings it up to like a nine. And so I'm trying to rectify it down to something I could live with. And yeah, I think 7.5 from the land. <laughs> you uh, can Anthony. live with. Uh, I'm going to give it a straight up nine because of the story. Not not just because, like, yeah, I know people that y'all were not feeling the whole monster or whatever, but like, yeah. if you take that out, it's definitely a nine, in my personal opinion. No. And, and, I, and that's what I just said. It's a nine if you don't have the monster to weak crap in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the issue that we have the monster we crap in there, and that's what makes it bad. All right, so next up we got case file number seven, uh, Domon hospitalized. It's Domon's backstory episode. Uh, so uh, this episode, Don Domon has a memory malfunction because um I forgot to mention uh, when they originally traveled through time, the four Time Rangers besides Tatsuya had like went through like some like a mind exercise where like they're familiarized with all the history regarding the 21st century and that malfunctions in Domon and he thinks he's still in the year 3000 and that causes him to uh um you know that causes him to like you know just kind of deal with like I guess you I don't know what we could say I mean just some weird like mental issue or something what what i know remember when i watched this episode um tact explained that you know sometimes there's, there's like a backlash like you'll yeah. have a time the thing's called time displacement where you'll well you'll think that you know oh i'm still in the year 3000 even though in the year yeah, 2000 so because it, it's remember relapse they are given like a ton of information real real fast so like yeah. if anything, if this was like one of us dealing with this, we would have just like had a brain malfunction and we would have been like, yeah. wow, that's a lot of information. It, yeah, it's uh cerebral overload. Yeah, it, 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 I, it is a thing. I so. just wish that time force kind of would have done this too. 
not not like this extreme, but like just this kind of get them how they how they were with how their bodies would react to being in a different timeline, or their minds would at least. Mm-hmm. Because they already had a set of clothes for them already, whereas Time Force they had to kind of just like find stuff in yeah, a clock tower, you know. Clothes. Yeah. Um, but a little bit on Domon's backstory. Uh, he lit. He comes from a big family. He lived with his parents. He had seven siblings. And his grandparents also live with them. Uh, he really misses his family. Uh, and to the point where, like, he lashes out at Tatsuya because he thinks that Tatsuya is Captain Ryuya at one point. And, uh, and he's really scared that he'll never see his family again. And he actually starts crying at one point when he sees this sunset because it reminds him of when he would watch the sunset with his family. Other than that, uh, we're shown a flashback of him at one of his uh, fighting matches. They apparently established in the first episode that he used to be a pro fighter, but he got fired because he kept showing up to matches late because he was constantly chasing women. Which <laughs> that's, that's classic, so dumb. Um, but uh, what do we think of this episode? Anybody? Want I'm gonna to go that? first. Yeah, go ahead. All right. This is the best episode I've watched in the damn season so far. Yes, I agree. Thank you, Thank you Riz. Thank, Thank you, Riz. <laughs> yes. Nothing, nothing else in this batch of ten episodes comes close to the emotion here. Yes, yes. yeah. Even episode ten. That, I'm sorry. Like Whoa. I'm gonna say this right now. That shot where they had him staring at the sun and he was like, "It's like I'm back home, dude." I was this close to crying. <laughs> me too, man. <laughs> I was this close. Oh, that was. That hit me on a personal level. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so when the episode began, again, my concern was Tatsuya once again will try and become the, the focus of attention, but he didn't, and I'm really happy for that. Mm-hmm. Because this is not a criticism of this episode, but I do want to get this off my chest. I don't like that he keeps revealing things about people that they don't want revealed yet. Mm-hmm. He does this <laughs> yeah. like twice so far. He reveals the racing thing in episode three, and he reveals something else, I forget what it was, about somebody else that they didn't want the rest of the team to know about. And he just nonchalant and is like, oh yeah, didn't you want to, didn't you draw a car because you like cars? Oh yeah, didn't mm-hmm. you like do a thing because you like doing a thing? And there's like, dude, can you just step the hell up and not make this about kinda, you? Kind of goes back to my comment about him feeling more immature than Wes does. Yeah. He's yeah. extremely he immature and he's he, really he doesn't know just... When, no one to stop. He's like, aggravating. Yeah, he doesn't know when to shut up. Yeah, he doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, like him. He's very... He's, he needs to get out of people's business. That's that's the one thing dude. I didn't like about him. Like He's Facts. just mm-hmm. Facts. all up in people's business. Now, there's one thing. If you're, if you're concerned... Out of the goodness of your heart, I get that, but the way mm-hmm. he does it just comes across as like, "What are you doing? What's that? You're into this? This?" I'm like, "Dude, like, first of all, here's what I, if I was Tatsi in situation, uh, I would ask him, "What's wrong? Are you okay? Are you doing well? Do you want to talk about something?" That's how you approach your friends. Yeah. You don't just pry into their their stuff. Their business like, like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" No, just add, just like, hey, are you doing okay? Like, I, I know that you missed yeah, a few thousand. He, Is there anything you want to talk about? He's empathetic to a fault, a really big fault, but not in a good, but not in the way that I just described it because he's doing it in a yeah, very yeah. forceful kind of way. Yeah, it's like, 
dude, yeah. like, just flags, chill. Like, honestly, the only complaint I have about this is that I, I, I get why they have Tatsuya play the role that he does because, like, Domon is going to think that he's Captain Ryuya and that, like, leads to a big mm-hmm. emotional moment. But I kind of wish either Sion or ISA filled that role better because yeah. with Sion, Sion is like Domon's little brother at this point. And with ISA, and this isn't as prominent in these episodes, but it's going to be prominent, but it'll shine in a handful of episodes later on. ISA and Domon kind of have like a rivalry going on where like ISA will just throw a bunch of petty like deadpan jabs at Domon. So mm-hmm. they got like a I hate you, but I love you type of relationship. I just feel like ISA it kind of reminds me of uh, Sanji and Zoro from One Piece. Yeah. So Please give me those vibes. That's the only thing I'm going to take off. But at the same time, I don't even want to take points off for that because I get why they had Tatsi in that role because it's going to yeah. lead to Domon's big mental breakdown when he thinks that Tatsi is Captain Ryuya. So yeah. but, I get it, but but so. but don't but don't lie, Riz Patrick. Y'all were kind of enjoying Tatsi getting his ass beat. Don't don't lie. I know y'all were enjoying it. <laughs> no. Yes, you was. I told you. <laughs> I, mean, I won't say I in, I don't think I won't say I enjoyed it for because he was getting hit. I was kind of enjoying it because it shows that maybe the four of them are frustrated with their old captain. Yeah. Now I yeah. Won't putting say them putting them into that situation. Yeah. I I like that he got a bass beat here. <laughs> don't but <laughs> but if we're to look at other reds who deserve to have their asses oh, beaten, it. here it goes. <laughs> it's gonna be John. See, here's the it's thing: you don't, you don't need Geki. Okay, you added Geki to it. I can, I can, <laughs> I can serve. I can suffer through this a little bit better yeah. now. <laughs> this guy, okay, this guy isn't. Me. This guy isn't the that other guy or Geki. Like, let's give him that. He's not, ah, but. He- Ge- yeah. Geki would have just told Domon to shut up and get over it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Geki would have no sympathy, and Don would be even more insufferable than this guy would be. Yeah. Like, Honestly, Domon would probably be he'd beat his ass every single day because he just wouldn't shut up. Like, okay, so looking <laughs> looking at this, I think y'all are gonna hate me for this. All right, oh, but God. I'm gonna say it anyway. Oh God. You want to know how they made Zahn's character? They took part Tarzan and part Topsia's personality and put it in a blender. Oh! (laughs) Topsia isn't that bad, dude. I mean... I think it meant meant his... I think it meant, like, his over, like, overly excitable... Yeah, nosy nature. Nosy nature. Maybe they okay. They took that, but they put it on steroids. Yeah. 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 Yes. Added well, what a, if we put that personality a, in a three-year-old kid and gave him twenty pounds of cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do we want to give this uh, out of ten, though, guys? Nine point five. Ten out of ten. Uh, I, honestly, I give it a nine because I do think this episode suffers from the same problem that the last one did, where I don't care about the monster of the week part. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, but I, in this case, I can give it a nine point five because I don't care like, what demonstrate even I, it's like, on it. It's like I don't care about the crazy surgeon. Okay, this this <laughs> Domon thing is making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 
Well, it helps because he's trying. He's he's hospitalized, so like it would make sense yeah. to have a hospital monster, you know, work on him. Thankfully, he didn't. It really does feel like the season is doing a good job of trying to do its write its characters, but it remembers that it has to do Super Sentai stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. It it remembers it has characters halfway through and it's like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be doing yeah. Sentai stuff, but here's some great characters. Yeah. Yeah. And so it fails to do both of them together. Like I have not seen a single episode where I like the monster stuff and the story stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like in Shinkenjo where the monsters kind of played into the characters, you know, character development stuff, well, you know. You don't it, have yeah. people it, crying it, in a river to make the monster grow. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it it just doesn't feel like the two things have really they kind of clash sometimes. It's mm-hmm. it's a now, problem with the show up to this point. I should probably know the answer to this, but this is the same writer as Shinkenjo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least time has been on her side for future mm. iterations of her writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because well, I learned... think Ginga Man probably got off to a... Well, Ginga Man was before this, and that was her first season. I think that season got off to a better start than Time Range. Honestly, did. I feel like she gets better as this season goes on. I see the problems that you have with it, but yeah. I feel like she'll get... I mean, I feel like she ultimately still... I, I would honestly argue that when it comes to the characters, even though it didn't get off to the best start in the first episode, I feel like her character writing is still showing pretty well, strong. Yeah. I'm not I'm not and questioning that because that's something I'm going to no, bring up later had... that these these characters are crapping over the Time Force cast for the most part, but it just feels like the pacing and the the fluidity of everything was better in Ginga Man through two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can give you that. All right, uh, want to move on? Yeah. yeah. By the way, I would give this a 9 out of 10, too. But, uh, okay, that's... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we get a filler episode, an explosion of the arts. Uh, this episode is uh, pretty much the Time Rangers. They encounter an artist who <clears throat> is struggling and unknown at the time, but apparently in the future, he'll go on to be one of the most famous artists of all time. And he becomes a target of the Londars. Uh, the only notable thing I want to bring up about this is, and we might, and we're going to see this pretty commonly. Uh, this, so this plot was not adapted into Time Force, but its footage was used in a Quantum Ranger era episode because, like, Eric is technically the Quantum Ranger in that episode, but and he's in the opening credits, but they just never have him appear, which is fine because if you watch Time Force, you'll know that Eric isn't part of their team. He is like a freelance, like loner mm-hmm. dude. But yeah, just wanted to bring that up. Uh, what do we think of this episode, guys? I I enjoyed it. I have regrets about it, but not in a bad way. My yeah. regrets here is that I feel like this artist that has stuck around as like a recurring character in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he has like essentially part yeah. of the story. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot. Like he's endearing. He had a good story. And honestly, the fact that he struggles so much made me kind of empathize with him a lot. Yeah. And yeah. knowing that he's a one-off character, it kind of stings a little bit. It's like, no, I need more. Like, I like him better than I like some of the characters in Time Ranger right now. Honestly, the thing that I like, like, let's be honest, it's kind of a cool concept, and I wish they 
did this at least once in Time Force, where like the Ra- Rangers encounter a celebrity that they know is going to be a celebrity in the future, but he's not a celebrity mm-hmm. yet. Like, imagine if you could go back in time before Queen was a huge band and you see Freddie Mercury before Freddie Mercury became like the big dude. I would, I would have heart attack. I'd be like, like yo, <laughs> like, I would <I'll> pass out. <laughs> like, just imagine dude. like an opportunity like that. Like, you go back in time and Patrick. you see Freddie Mercury before. No, 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 no. no. There's Mercury a better example here that we need to discuss real quick. What's that? Imagine we could go back in time and meet Stan Lee. Oh, the day, the day he draws Spider Man. <laughs> or wrote the Stan Lee's sitting the there like, I don't know about this one. Yeah. Like, like, it's on, like, j- just the, and I know, Mick, we could debate over whether or not that concept is fleshed out as good as it could be in this episode, but. Just that concept alone is just an interesting idea for a, t- a Sentai episode like this. And that actually does kind of bring up an issue that I had with Time Force is that it didn't really play into the whole time travel mecha- gimmick as much. Like something like yeah. this. Yeah. Like well, they, they didn't, they, they haven't met like one single person that they, that they could have been like yeah. fair famous in their timeline. Like or not necessarily. Or they see a historical event that they know in like their own history classes, and they see it happen unfold in front of their own eyes, or something like this. Yeah, something yeah. to let them know that that they're from a different time period. But <clears throat> I I do like this episode though because yeah, I agree that this guy should have stuck around for a little bit because I did genuinely like mm-hmm. him. But it, it is a good episode for Yuri mm-hmm. because it showed. That, and I love how even uh, uh, Tatsu points this out to her that sometimes you're a little bit too into your work because she did kind of emotionally screw with this guy at first, and she, she genuinely felt bad about it and ended up getting a little bit flustered by the end of the episode. It was kind of cool to see Yuri kind of go through this like social learning mini arc thing in this episode. What do we want to give this out of 10, guys? Probably a 7. Uh, an 8. Yeah, I'd I'll give it a 7, yeah. Patrick? 7. Okay. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to say on it? or No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, we get another episode, a filler episode, Case File 9, The Dawn's Melancholy. Uh, this is kind of a filler episode that sets up the plot for the next episode, but a couple of key things happen here. So uh, the the Time Rangers are getting more exposure in the media, which, uh, you know, was a huge problem. And that actually plays to some in this episode. Uh, they encounter a photographer named Honami Moriyama. She's a very bubbly photographer just following them around. And I, everybody who's listening, I want you to remember this character because she there's some importance to this character. I just want to let you, everybody who's listening know. Uh, maybe Riz and Anthony might remember if they've seen the Gokaiger tribute episode. Yeah, to, we, I remember. Yeah. To, uh, Time Ranger. I remember. So this character is not a one-off. I just want to, I just want to warn you. Um, the big thing that happens is that at the end of this episode, ISA is revealed to have passed his driver's license test. 
and the Time Rangers are preparing to celebrate. But then when he's offered a drink, he starts sweating and he runs outside and he starts feeling like severe pain in his heart, which is how the episode ends. Uh, only big thing also is that this was another pre-Time Fire episode that, okay, it was weird that the Time Force episode that used this footage was technically a Quantum Ranger episode because it came out after Eric made his debut, but it was apparently produced before Dan Southworth joined the cast, which is why Eric is not in the credits. It's the episode where Katie goes back in time. Oh, that episode. It is a bad episode. It's one of two Time Force episodes I think is bad. It's called The Legend of a Clock Tower. Uh, So, but yeah, technically this is another episode that had its fight footage used for a a Quantum Ranger era episode, even if it wasn't technically a Quantum Ranger episode, but whatever. Um, What did we think of this episode, guys? Meh. Just, eh. I didn't really care. Yeah. Like, it was just boring. No, yeah, this would, but... this might actually be the one that I would call the weakest. Uh, maybe I, maybe I liked it at first when I watched it because of like the implications it gives to the next episode. But if I remove that, then this episode is just ah yeah. I, I somewhat know. see it differently. Um, go for it. The stuff that happened with. Uh, Donero was somewhat interesting, especially with what happened with uh, with his uh, subordinate. Because you're thinking like, okay, well, like it must have been like Dean or like Lila that damaged the, the stuff. No, it was freaking Don himself. He was like, yeah, I I like you, buddy, but I like these guys more too. So that 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 kind of like. Bumps their cares up a little bit because you see it shows the loyalty that he has with people he wants to make money with. Then it's like yeah, he it's, sees his friend. It's the it's it's the first time that they really played up into the mafia element of these villains, where yep. they'll make overly hard and difficult, drastic decisions for their own benefit. Exactly, and because from how Don and him were talking you would think that they would never betray each other but then Don kind of makes a point where it's like well I need the people around me who can keep me alive the longest and you're not it and you're yeah. going to draw a wedge in with the people who can keep me alive so I need to get rid of you that part it's just if they really really played into their mafia uh, you know feeling and everything these guys would probably be a little bit more interesting but uh, <laughs> yeah i want to um i i want to give this a bit usually with episodes that are boring like this i give it a five i want to up it just a little bit because it does establish it foreshadows something that plays into the next episode I'm gonna give it a seven, but I do admit that it, it probably deserves less than that. No, I'm I can't do that, Nate. I know what you're trying to do, but uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> okay. Four. okay, fair enough. I'm uh, gonna give it a seven because of what I just talked about with the, if it wasn't for that, I also would have given it a four too. That's the only reason yeah. I'm giving this. I'll give it brownie points like, because it's the first time the villains have been interesting ish yeah. this season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's just not executed well. No, but I see it differently, but it's fine, though. Uh, What are you giving, Patrick? Uh, Six. Okay. 
All right, uh, final case file here. We do apologize that this has gone on a bit longer, but this is kind of par for the course with our opening podcast for Sentai's uh, case file 10 to escape the escape to tomorrow. Uh, this kind of picks up from what the previous episode did. So um, <clears throat> ISA and Tatsuya are investigating a, you know, the appearance of a space-time pulse but then they get uh, caught in a trap where they're unable to transform. And this is where we get more of ISA's backstory. So apparently, you may recall in the uh, in the um, previous episode revolving around ISA, he actually quit being a race car driver. And this reveals that the reason why he quit was because he has a health condition called Osteris Syndrome. And this is like a, a disease from space in the future. It um, it severely hurts his heart. And in a year or two, his heart will stop and he'll die. And there's no cure. And he's kept this a secret from everyone. Like, Katia is literally the only person to know. And the reason why he knows is because... Um, uh, he and Tatsuya are locked in this room where they're about to freeze to death. And then Ayase is like, here, take my jacket. And then Tatsuya is like, why? Like, why do you not care about your life? And then Tatsuya is like, no, no, Ayase is like, because I'm going to die in a year or two. So does my life really matter? Like, pretty deep stuff, honestly. And then with, um, but, you know, he gets a little bit of encouragement from Tatsuya because the reason why Tatsi is saying, like, you know, you can make your own future and change the future, he, ISA, ISA is like, okay, maybe I will die, but I'm not going to die. I'm going to make my own future. Uh, the only, and, but the big thing here is that uh, he opts not to tell the other Time Rangers about his secret at the end of the episode, so that's big. And the uh, only other thing is that, again, if you've seen Time Force, you'll know this was not adapted into Time Force, which I don't know if I kind of wish that it was in all honesty. But uh, but and the footage, this was another episode where they used like cold open footage like they used it at the beginning of Full Exposure and also that episode where they get trapped in the mirrors. So this is just another Time Force episode that had its footage used for a cold open. Uh, what do we think about this one, guys? Because there's some big plot implications here. So there's a lot of plot here, and we get a lot more about ISC. And there is the payoff that Nate's been hinting at the entire dang podcast about ISC episode 10. Yep. Which I think, when I saw that, I had to stop the episode and text Nate and be like, damn, that that was not expected. Mm-hmm. Um, if it, but if it wasn't for his personal story, the monster stuff again is not interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, I know the monster stuff does bog some of these episodes down. And like, I don't know, I'm gonna stop like trying to parrot the same thing over and over again. But these monster things need to be better integrated in because this is such a powerful episode, but. It's bogged down with stupid monster stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is genuinely kind of confusing because the other two seasons she's done gang, that I've seen all the way through Gangaman and Shinkendra, the villain, the monsters of the week 
are kind of integrated really well with their character moments and the episodes of those two seasons. But in this, I don't know what the heck she's doing because there's even Go Buster is good. There's a massive disconnect between the monster of the week part and the character drama part in this one. It's it's kind of becoming a problem already. Well, so I think the best way to explain it, Pat, is I feel like I'm watching two TV shows in one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm watching these group of people go through life, but then I have these goofy monsters led by this idiot fist-looking thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I still can't take them seriously. Me neither. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking... It feels like Time Force did this kind of integrated things better, but then I remembered half the cast isn't interesting, so it doesn't really have to worry about that too <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be let's be real about that. The Time Ranger cast is half interesting as well right now. I mean, I not half, because I mean, at this point, you have just Wes and Jen. Jen, yeah. So it was over half, half. yeah. Yeah, I said, I said time ranger. Oh, yeah, but sorry, I don't know. I think blue, green, and yellow are significantly better through 10 episodes than they were in time fours. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and those I, are and, the ones I like the best. And I this think is pink, I think pink is on par, and red, I think, is a little bit worse here, but he's still yeah, a decent character. Yeah. yeah, even when I originally watched this, and I and I still will stand, but I think it's really good. But even when I originally watched this, like I, I have always preferred West to Tatsuya, even when I originally watched this. Yeah. Yeah. Like even if I do go on to say that this is handled that something a lot that this it might be better than Time Force, which I'm not gonna say yet, but like even if I do, there's no way I would say Wes is worse than Tatsuya. I'm not gonna good. say that. Because Tatsuya um, sucks right now. <laughs> but to kind of talk about with ISA, like the reason why like and this is and you know you guys will see like how his character goes like when you really think about it like he probably has the strongest individual like character motivations here because i mean with others like i mean see on we have his backstory but we don't really know he doesn't really have much of a motivation other than that he just wants to have a family yoman okay he wants to see his family again cool. fair enough nothing wrong with that i like that like yuri she wants to avenge the person who killed her family ISAs is much bigger than that. Like he wants to find a way to live when there is literally when that is like almost literally impossible. Like that takes building your own future and making your own fate like take a whole different meeting with mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah ISS character fits time travel the best. Yeah. Like Everyone else has a generic reason for being there, in my opinion. Yeah, and I and I think the generic reasons are handled good, but mm -hmm. oh yeah, like, definitely. But, but ISA's thing is a whole new level because, like, half like what I need to find a cure. I'm gonna die. Like, I'm literally gonna die. Like, what can yeah. he do to get that cure? That's where the uncertainty <laughs> thing is. But he has yep. the motivation to go to keep going, which is just like that. That is honestly like. Honestly, that's probably a lot more powerful with, like, you know, what I'm fighting for than, and I, I don't want to badmouth Time Force because it still does good, but that's a lot more powerful than, like, some of the stuff of, like, what we're fighting for for a future in, with mm -hmm. the individual Time Force character. Yeah, I love how, yeah. I love how they 
during their conversation when they were stuck in the freezer where he was like, I really I really bought into that whole you can change your own future thing. And Tatsu was like, I kind of just said that in the spur of the moment. I didn't really mean it. <laughs> like, like, I'd be like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but but that line still resonated so heavy with him because when you're desperate, you look for any anything yeah. you can as a way to get out of it. And Man, I know that he's, up to this point, he's probably been the least interesting of the five. But this episode kind of made him the most interesting of the five. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. far, yeah, yeah. And, because up until now, I was kind of bored by him. Honestly, I was like, "What is Nate yeah, talking about, man?" <laughs> yeah, but, but this this one episode, it's it's made him a character that it's I'm. I don't want him to fail. Like me neither. Yeah. Well, kick everybody's fail. butts. Yeah. <laughs> kick everybody's but, butts, please. But the question, the question comes back to: logically, you travel back in time, and your goal is to change the future, but you literally contracted a space virus from an alien or something. I don't think you're going to find a cure in the past. That's what makes his journey all the more complicated, and like, yeah. That's what and I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad compelling. thing. I'm just saying that that's an issue that he's gonna have to overcome somehow. And I think mentally. the series is a and, and I mean I think he's aware of that issue, but like yeah. this is all that he's got. Yeah. The well, only thing I really just want to question is like, so Lucas hat Lucas is kind of a combination of two of the better time force characters. He's got Domon's like suave cool guy personality, mm -hmm. and he has Lucas's racer personality. How do you take a character who's a combination of two really interesting characters and make him the most boring character in his season? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, no. I don't get that. And I, and I know that like you guys haven't seen these characters all the way through, but I mean you guys think that they're interesting enough, so I feel like I can say that now because that always annoys me. You take him and you make him a combination of two really good characters, <clears throat> like. Domon plus ISA. That would probably mean a good thing. Yeah. Nope. One of the most boring yeah. characters in Power Rangers. Yeah, that's definitely been one of the things that's made Time Force slip for me a little bit over the recent years is the fact that outside of Wes, Jen, and Eric, the the other three are just, who cares? Or there. They're just yeah. there. Yeah. I'll defend Katie a little bit, and I think Trip deserves some defense. But yeah, I mean, I like I mean, Trip as a character. I like Trip's personality, but still as a character, there wasn't like, much is, more to him than is Trip a top ten bland. Is he a top ten green slash black ranger? No. No. Okay, top ten, maybe top five. N not top five, but no, I don't know about top ten. And Katie, as much as I want to defend her, uh she's not maybe I would put her top ten for selfish reasons, but if I'm being realistic, she's not top ten. She's not even yeah. top ten. I'm sorry. We're sorry, Deborah Phillips. <laughs> She's gonna be like. She's a fantastic <laughs> actress. She's a fantastic human being. We love her to death. But I blame the writers did not do your character justice. Just blame the writers did not do your character justice. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is that with Katie, they established that she has a big family too, in that one episode. But like, it feels just so much more emotional for Dom Domon. While here, mm -hmm. it's just that one episode where they established that she has a big family, 
that she wants to get back to. And then that's never touched upon yeah. again for the rest yeah. of the series. But here you actually get like this character's actual like background, um, how he's feeling and the fact that he really, he gives that homesickness I wish Katie would have had. And and it's another level and it, I really appreciate it. But uh, w before we, I mean, we could talk a little bit more about characters in a second, but just to wrap up the episode review, uh, what would we give uh, Case File 10 out of 10? Probably nine. Nine. I give it a nine too. Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a nine point five just because I mean I I love I ISA. Give it a ten. Actually, yeah, I might give this a ten because I just I, feel I was like, expecting you to give a ten after all the hyping you've been doing to me. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you guys can at least buy. I mean, I'm glad at least Riz, you know, bought into the hype. Like you see what I was talking about now. So. I mean, I see the I see the struggle that his character has to go through, and I really feel for him here. It's difficult. Yeah. I just want to see what they do with this going forward. Yeah. I hope they don't just bring this up to establish it, and then it's like barely touched upon anymore. Yeah. I get a feeling from the way Nate talks about it, it's not going to go away like that quickly. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not going to resolve it in like, you know, midway through the series or anything. Yeah. Uh, so, we don't really... I mean, we've kind of got it given our overall early thoughts that, I mean, you know, Time time Force has a much better uh, first impression. Uh, we don't have to talk about the villains because the, the, they, they're, they're not really that great so far. They're, they're, they're um, terrible. They're easily the weakest part of Time Ranger yeah. episodes. Yeah. For now. For now. We'll say for now because, like, yeah, for now. I mean, yeah. Honestly... I mean, I think Gingen will bring them up a little bit in the future, but I will still say that when this season is over, you, I mean, I, I'll still maintain that you guys will love these Time Ranger characters, but honestly, I do feel that, like, of that, like, the villains are the weakest point of this show again. Like, I, it, it'll take Yasuko Kyokubayashi's first time, like, doing, like, truly great villains with technically being Shinkinder, and even then, it's only just with Chuzo Fuwa, but, uh, like, um, I don't think Dokuku over, over, I'll take Dokuku over freaking, uh, oh, Dokuku is a much better main villain than Tondo Nero. Yeah. Just cause he's intimidating. But, uh, what do we want? Um, what do we want to do with, uh, and we can all, uh, whoever wants to go for it, can go, <clears throat> what, how would you rank these characters from uh, best to worst? Um, I'll start. I'd probably go, okay. I'd probably go. Doma and ISA would probably be my one and one A and one B. Okay. Uh, and then Yuri, uh, probably Tatsuya and Shion. I don't know. That that's literally I, mine, but reverse I, Shion and Tatsuya. It, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to put Shion down that low, but outside of his very heartwarming story, he's probably the one with the least like interesting stuff to him right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to say this about Sion. I do love how we get more of a backstory about his alien background because as much as I love Trip, all we know about Trip is he's from the planet Zybria and he has this gem on his forehead that can allow him to read minds. Like we never get any backstory of like what it was like on Zybria. Yeah, it was a wasted like, potential. Yeah, and we don't even know yeah. if he's even the last person on his planet either. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I think it was kind of important. 
implied that his planet and society was still functioning. Oh, it's still yeah. very alive and going. Yeah, on. I mean, so. obviously, with the well, small spoiler, there's a comic that a small comic arc that came out um, a few years back, and it featured a group of rangers who are Zybrians. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh. And they and and yeah, go. I'm um, trust yeah. me, it, it, it's I a real think, thing. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yep. Were so, they original suits or were they? They used. They used. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it was original suit. Which which suit has? Which suits have uh, that science gimmick? Was it was it five man? man or five, was it five man? Are you talking about Maybe. Bio Man? No, it could I'm, be Bio. Maybe it was five man. Did they? Okay, so they had a red, blue, yellow, pink, and. Two of the girls had earrings. It was, it was five man. Yep, yeah, it was five man. Was it black or green? Black. It was five man. Yeah, five man. And in that one, they had a green ranger in the arc as well. Oh, okay, that's Mm -hmm. cool. So I mean, Trip doesn't even have like that Superman Kryptonian like Survivor thing going for him. Like, no, no, no. I mean, okay, so Anthony just gave his rankings technically since he just, like, he, it's basically a copy of Patrick except switch Tatsuya with Siana. Riz, what would your mm-hmm. rankings be? Doman, Ayasi, Sion, Yuri, Tatsuya. I, I'm sorry, Sion's character, while he doesn't do a lot, I just feel bonded to him. Yeah, that's why I said it was hard for me to put him at the bottom, but me too. put him down there. Legitimately, though, he's just kind of the least interesting of them all, even though... You take that back. <laughs> I mean, is he the most likable of the five through ten episodes? Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah. But interesting? No. But this is just through ten episodes. This, this list is probably going to change wildly as we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to put, I guess, in front, even if I'm just taking these 10 episodes into account, like, I just feel like ISA's arc of, like, you know, wanting to build your future, even if everything is saying that, like, you're just doomed to death, like, that's just, that's just so powerful that I just can't, I can't put anything else uh, ahead of that. Uh, I would put Doman after that. Um, I actually want to put, yeah, I'm going to put Yuri after that, just because I think... I mean, Yuri's a compelling enough, and I mean, she's got a decent backstory, and I mean, I mean, she would be a lot better if they just, you know, stopped, you know, I wish that Sentai would stop with this thing where, like, even though Red is not technically the leader, they still have him acting as the leader, like, can we just commit to having Yuri, like, in the center and just being the leader constantly? No, bother me with Mega Black. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was saying this before we started recording and before Patrick came on. Like, Mega Black is technically the leader yeah. of the Mega Ranger. He's never in the center. No. Like, yeah, no. Or, or I mean, Taku Ranger. Like, Surohime is supposed yeah, to be the yeah. leader, but Ta- Saze, it's Surohime it, doesn't even get her own damn motorcycle. Mm-mm, yeah, no. no. It's it's true. even more egregious than Taku Ranger because Surohime, like, legacy wise. Ninja White is the leader of the Kaku Ranger, but she doesn't get treated like it, and that annoys me. 
My girl deserves better, dang it. <laughs> I just, she I really wish, does. I wish that yeah. sometimes if you're going to have someone other than Red feel more like the leader, then commit to it. Like I, it, We're not going to throw a fit if Red is not in the leader position. No, no. Hmm. That's another that's another check in the favor of Time Force because I think Jen got that spotlight a little bit better than you. No, Jen. So this is my biggest complaint in the ten episodes we got so far. Tatsuya does not deserve to be here as a ranger. Full stop. Like he wasn't trained. He didn't learn the ropes from anyone. Nope. He just happened to be the fifth guy that was around. If it wasn't him, they would have probably taken some hobo off the street and said, hey, <laughs> here's the morpher, morph, and then give it back to morpher. Yeah, I think if they did the whole, he looks like our commander, so we need like his DNA to unlock the chrono changer thing, like ever- the time force did, it would have helped. Yeah. No, okay, bit, that one line that he just said, Patrick, would have changed mm-hmm. my entire perception of him. Yeah. It would have risen him out of lot five to like right below Iassi. Because Nate, just go ahead and spoil this for me at least. Are okay. is he related? Is he related to the commander like Alex and Wes were in Time Force? Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's not much of a spoiler because they don't make a huge deal out of it. Like it's so pretty much they the easily could have like so they easily could have done that here too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Man, it, Time Force it, really in the knew same how way, to start this season better than Time yeah. Ranger did, didn't it? In the same way that like Wes being being revealed to be like Alex's ancestor isn't really like it's not this big grand yeah. intro. It's not even a spoiler there. Like they don't make a huge deal out of it. Like you could you could just guess that just from watching these ten episodes. That's so, lame. Like, That's lame. Yeah. So that uh, and by makes... the way, I I would, I would originally, I would put Sion at the end, but the more I hear you guys talking, I realize the issues with Tatsuya. So I'm actually going to have Sion at number four and Tatsuya at number five. Yes. Okay. See, see, you get it. You get it. <laughs> Look, Tatsuya, he's, he's just there. <laughs> we he have a problem has, here, guys. He, he has a lot of potential to grow and become something special, but they have not started him off on the right foot at mm-hmm. all. I'm sensing a curse on Tokyo Secrets podcast right now. <laughs> the curse of the Red Rangers? <laughs> curse of the Red Rangers. This is the third Thorn. red in a row. When we get to Gingaman, like. it'll change. Oh, Gingaman! Gingaman will be. You'll yeah. Be, you'll, you'll like. Mm-hmm. Red is such a good character. <laughs> I guarantee you, you'll like him more than Leo. I mean, I don't know what you think. Oh, no, him. he is better than Leo, and it's not even close. <laughs> Leo's mid. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand, like, you know, we've, I mean, you know, Time Force, kind of, you know, it's like what Riz said. I mean, you're kind of spoiled with how well Time Force yeah. handled this. And I get it. You know, I understand. And I see the flaws with some of these, but I, I'll i still say that I do think these 10 episodes, even though they may not do Tatsuya and Maybe to a lesser extent, Yuri Justice. I feel like these episodes do make Domon, ISA, and Shion out to be compelling yeah. characters. Yeah. So that's what I'll say. Yeah, definitely. Like the three characters that don't get any focus really in Time Force are the reasons I'm liking Time Ranger at all. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, there's nothing really wrong with Yuri up to this point. It's just that Jen yeah. had a much better established beginning than she and, has. And the <clears throat> problem that we're having here is we're just spoiled by Time Force again. That's really what it is. I mean, I, I'm usually Force, someone. Yuri will be I mean, I'm better. usually some. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually somebody who doesn't like to compare and contrast the two as we go. But there's there's enough similarities here for me to think it's warranted to do so to bring up the problems time rangers presented early on yeah and yeah well the problem here is you can't not compare them directly when literally they're written to be a one-for-one comparison yeah like the same thing would happen if we ever do gower ranger and wild force same thing happened with we're not doing that <laughs> I mean, yeah, from everything I've heard, it's just the same show, but they all speak Japanese instead of English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we and we couldn't I, I, do that with Sinkenzer and Samurai because Samurai was just a god awful. And yes. yeah, but we're not doing I really don't want to watch Gallon Ranger again. Please don't make me do that. <laughs> we're gonna run out of stuff to watch one day. Yeah, I know. But uh, any other closing thoughts you want to give guys? No. I think I'd I mean, I I know that I've been overly kind of pessimistic about this but i don't think that the season is going to trip its its self going forward i just think that it, it's done a very kind of messy job of establishing itself yeah, but it, seeing it how this writer has first, written yeah. seeing how this writer has written two of my favorite sentai because shin Kendra and giga man are both like top three sentais for me i trust her to stick this landing and run its course clean yep. It's just, I'm a little bit shocked that it's as messy early on as it is. And I mean, having seen Simkenzer and Go Buster, I don't understand what is he doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, he did so much better in those two Sentai, and I'm sure mm -hmm. you're Red Red Ginga Man, but. Oh. This, the this first is, seven episodes of Ginga Man are so good. <laughs> like, my, my closing thoughts here are. I'm trying to not be negative about Time Ranger. I'm trying so hard, but in the end, it didn't even matter. <laughs> you, you, just, you couldn't control yourself with that one, could you? Yeah, I know. You, you just I had to do it. But yeah, but it's no, like, but I, like I see the, I wasn't done. I, okay, go for it, go for it. I, I was gonna say, I tried to really you know, be positive and be like, okay, Nate's been prophesizing that we're going to be hitting the good times and Tokyo Secrets from here on out. But I just feel pessimistic after seeing these 10 episodes. Like, yeah, we got some nice moments. Like, the Ayasi thing is not cool. I like that storyline. I like what we've gotten with Doman. And, I mean, the stuff with Yuri, at the end of the day... I mean, it's it's fine writing, but it's nothing like writing home and telling mom from summer camp, "Oh my god, this is the best thing ever!" Right? Like, yeah, her right. The writing of Yuri is just pedestrian right now. They're doing the bare bones minimum with her, and that's kind of mm -hmm. frustrating to me. I mean, yeah. fair enough. But hopefully, again, the next I match will. Be Again, I tr I trust her to get the footing down. I, don't. I really do. <clears throat> Don't be so pessimistic, Riz. Yeah. Come on. 
But I have to be pessimistic. That's my gimmick. Uh, I mean, just know I mean, he's I mean, not wrong. <laughs> I mean, look on the bright side. You could be. We could be rewatching a different Sentai, which I'm not going to name. But... Mm, I would probably step down the entire podcast if we did that. <laughs> the good thing we're not going to do O-Ranger. that. <laughs> we could be watching uh, O Ranger. I actually want to watch O Ranger. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, so this wraps up our podcast for uh, Time Ranger. Uh, um, next couple of podcasts, uh, Riz, Anthony, and I are going to do the season two of the audio drama. Uh, we're going to try to get uh, Cosmic Fury done for you guys. Uh, as... You got us ordering all wrong, bro. Okay, then what was the next one? Literally, we're doing audio drama season one and two, then dropping the Time Ranger stuff in order. Okay. Yeah. All right, then just cut out the stuff I said in season two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, we're going to try to get a Cosmic Fury down because as of the recording of this, uh, we're only like a couple of days removed from when Cosmic Fury aired. We're going to try to get that reviewed for you as soon as possible because, uh, uh, you know, that's fresh on everyone's minds in the tokusatsu community. Uh, so we're going to try to get that out for you guys as soon as possible. Uh, we'll continue on with Time Ranger. We're going to look at uh, case files 11 through 20 next time. Uh, and, you know, hope and, uh, you know, just continue with that. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if we've decided which Sentai we're going to do after Time Ranger yet. I think we were going to do Ginga Man. But, uh, I thought we were going to do yeah. Ginga Man and Go Busters. It just depended on which one we chose to do. Okay, <clears> it's <throat> either going to be Ginga Man or Go Busters. Um, yeah. <clears throat> one of those uh so we'll do that and uh yeah we got a lot of stuff planned you know i know that these first 10 episodes didn't leave the best first impressions but i mean even if we end up not liking time even if these other guys end up not liking time ranger i mean go busters and ginga man i mean we're both two really good sentai so we got some yeah. good stuff ahead of you guys so uh yeah uh if you guys are watching this on YouTube, uh, leave your comments down below uh, with any thoughts you might have. Or if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, uh, give uh, some commentary to us in AnimeSecrets.org and, you know, leave us, you know, uh, like ranking out of five stars on Spotify or iTunes. Uh, like this video on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel if you're not already subscribed. Uh, we thank all of you guys for uh, taking the time to listen. Uh, without you guys, we would not be able to do this. Uh and uh, yeah, we once again thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. We'll see you guys next time when we uh, do our next Time Ranger podcast. But until that time, you guys stay safe. We love you, and may the power protect you.